Dude, how exciting has it been rubbing with Levi? Has that been pretty fun? Man, he's awesome. He, like, man, Levi, every now and then you'll just see a head rope come flying by and you got to be ready for it. it it's, it's a different look for sure, but. Well, that's what's so unique about his game too is like he's got a, He's got everything. Like, I yeah. would say he's one of the headers. It's like, well, what does he do? Like, you know, what yeah. does he do best? Well, everything. I, I, he, does, <laughs> he, he, he literally, that's that's a, he goes at him hard. Uh, yeah. Got good horses. He could catch. Like, he's, I mean, he's headed great at the NFR. Yeah. He's really comfortable in, in, like, in the buildings. But also, man, I think yeah. when it's big and open outside. That, I, that horse runs him down yeah. fast. Yeah, and it, it, he's got so much more sting on him right there in the turn. Like that horse is strong, and almost the stronger the better. Like he'll blow to him, and then when he puts it on the horn, man, they're like, they're it's like he rings them out right there. They hit and open up, and then you know where they're going. It's been different for me because like Jeff and he would rope and just roll out of there, and they would hit kind of short. Like they they wouldn't really hit all the way on the end of it. So I knew like they would hit short, and the next one I could heal him. And Levi, it's like, I got to almost take care of myself. Like, hey, protect yourself. Don't get down the arena because they're going to hit and then they're going to come back. Right. So it's almost like I've been having to try to adjust, like, like just go ahead and get to the inside. Don't be trying to run around the end of it and heal them because it, it's almost like you put yourself in a dangerous spot for him. But it's like, man, and I don't say this to be bad about Jeff, but Levi's a real... He's a real header, you know, like he's Clay Smith. Like those guys is what I, those guys don't, they don't wait for you, you know. So it's almost like I have to well, kind of work on that more. And that's what's odd about like roping to me. Uh, there's a lot of ways to go about it. Like yeah, turn, oh yeah. turning stairs, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like um, I, I think Jeff head's amazing oh, and his, sure. his rope talent and how, and how he turns them. But like, I, I was talking to him one day at like at Phillipsburg this summer yeah. with you guys and, uh, and like how he was trying to move them out and then come back up. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause it's like, you forget how young he really is. And he's how, just a kid, like man. how much, like how ropey he really he, is. He's the most talented person with the rope I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, Hands down, like I roped with Jake Barnes, and he's awesome. But Jeff can do stuff with the rope that Jake ain't never thought about. Right. You know, like he got a lot of pig tricks. He can do left-handed. Right. You know, he just don't, and he don't care. Like he's just that good. Yeah. He don't feed his rope sometimes. Like he'll blow across there and be like, "Oh man, I'm I'm gaining fast. I'm just gonna throw." Yeah. Like Livingston two years ago, he rung the barrier out, and the steer was just right there. Everybody thought he broke it. And I watched the video back. We were like 4-6, made a good run, which 4-6 was a fast run for us because we didn't really do a whole lot of four flat or nothing like that. We were right. kind of out there in the middle. And I was like, man, did you feed right there? And he's like, no. I was like, why, why would you not feed your rope? And he said, well, I kind of got there fast. I didn't really think I had time. <laughs> so, you? like, if you can think fast enough to be like, oh, man, I'm not going to feed this time. Like, yeah. golly, man. What? How do you have that kind of mindset? Like, I'm just going to get there and just let it go. Like, I would throw it over the head every time. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's what's so wild about, like, headers with rope control. Yeah. Is they, they can adjust their shot in the last, like, half swing. So right. The le you know, you're basically turning your hand over and it's going into your delivery. Yeah. Well, their tip or they might not be in the right spot. Horses moving, steers moving. Yeah. And those guys can just 
racket off the horns. Yeah, they just make it happen. Yeah, no matter what. It's and it's crazy how many guys can do it nowadays. But when you see a guy that's like got both, yes, that's when it starts getting real special. Yeah. Well, I I wrote Luke and I we've roped this past week and like you know jackpotted a little bit here lately because Petska has been gone and then now he's gonna rope with Hunter, and uh, we had we had talked about it out there in California and I I had heard that he was gonna rope. But I didn't. I wasn't telling nobody because I was like, man, I'm, it's not my deal. So I called him. I just made sure, like, hey, do you still want to rope with these circuit rodeos? Like, if you guys want to start, you're not going to make me mad. You right. know, this is your deal. Like, you you guys do whatever. And he's like, no, I told you we're going to rope. We'll we'll go ahead and rope, and then me and Hunter will start right after. I said, okay. So we've been we've been in the truck this week, and I've been picking his brain about like when I rope with Jake, like just asking a ton of questions and. And I asked him, I said, what, so who's the next, like the, the young guy coming up, like that's the real deal header, like that's got it, you know? And, uh, you know, we talk obviously about Brenton. Right. But him and Jeff are kind of the same person. Like they don't really care. Like they do, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, whatever. I'll just go hang out and heal the day. Like, no, you know, no cares. So him, you know, I think Cal Fuller head's good. Like there's a bunch of young guys. Britt Smith, obviously, like the rope's just like Clay. Yeah. But uh he's like, Man, I think Levi. He said, I'm not just saying this because you're roping with him. He said, but in the last year, that guy, like last summer, man, they went four or six at Belfou or yeah, Belfouche. Dude, there wasn't I mean, that was crazy. Like yeah. this year's running off and he just that horse is running so hard and he can still reach on him, but the horse doesn't ever overrun him. Like, that takes a real deal. Like, that's what most head horses, like, if you find a great one, they're, they don't outrun the lopers. Yeah. And that's, man, that's hard to find. Like, especially as hard as they got to run now. Well, and, too, like, Belfouche, I'll be real honest. I I hated how they set the barrier up there. Oh, it was, yeah. I think it was two over. And it was, to me, how it works out when they set the barrier that long on mm-hmm. fresher steers was... You had to step steers left and yes. haze them, and which makes them worse for the next rodeo. And then rodeo. it's harder for you guys too because they're a lot of times if one takes it, they're gonna cut you off, and yep. then you're gonna be five four if yep. you catch, you know. Yeah, and well, that's the thing. And if they're all strong, it's fine because a yes. five four and an eighty team rodeo is yeah. gonna probably win a check. Oh yeah, if they all run. Yeah, if they. But if they then you run. got a guy like Levi or somebody that just pulls one out of his hat and just lets it go. Then it's like. Now what? Like, that's first for sure. Yeah, they made the run early in that week, and it's like, there's no way. There's no way you can beat that that run. Like, the only way is to outdraw that team. But if everyone runs steers like that, with that barrier being like that... Yeah, you're not getting them. Yep. And and the only way to even get close to those times or draw the loper or get, like, a perfect start, blow it out, steer, maybe get a little bit in the left lead, and then you guys just... But I don't even know. But you have to just let your hair down right there. There's no, yeah, there's yeah. no like, okay, let's go catch this when we got a good steer. Like, you might have the best steer on them. You still got to just take a ridiculous shot right. to beat that at that setup. How old were you when you decided that I, I want to try roping for a living? Mm. Well, I decided it when I was real little, but it was kind of. You know, everybody, even my dad was like, hey, you know, you got to get a job and you got to make money. You got to work, you know, and I'm like, yes, sir. You know, I'm not going to argue with my dad. But at the same time, it was always in the back of my mind, like, I, well, little backstory. When I went to college in Oklahoma, I was like, 
I thought, like, I remember Joseph and Mike Bacon, they were a team, and they amateur rodeoed around there. And the Hortons, AJ and Kyle Horton, they buddied with, they were split with them. Right. And they killed them everywhere at those amateur rodeos. And I had just kind of got out and started going to those amateur rodeos in college. And, and I thought, man, if I can have the, if I could rope with those two headers, like, that that was what I wanted. Like, man, if I could just win around here, because people like make a living doing that up there, you know, like the amateur rodeo, IPRA rodeos and all that. And I, I just couldn't imagine like, like, man, if I could heal for AJ Horton and Mike Bacon, like I would have it made. Like right. I would be one of the one of the guys, you know. And then uh it wasn't till I till I moved down here, like Zach Small and I, uh my it was after my senior year at college. That would have been 15 the year before he made the finals we we had kind of circuit rodeoed together that year and uh he's like hey let's go to Cheyenne and Deadwood and some of them big ones and I was like gosh man I don't know like I'll go but like we were only going to be gone for three weeks and I had a O2 Dodge a little three horse heart that my dad had given me and uh it had an AC on it, and like the, it had an AC, it wasn't insulated, and I was like, "Dude, I got living quarters yeah. right here. Like I'm big dogging now." Yeah. So, I filled it up with fuel before I left, and left it at Zach's because I thought, you know, he lives two hours from my parents. Like if if Zach will spot me on the way home, if we win nothing, I can still make it to my mom and dad's. I'll have enough to get home. Right. You know, so we we went out there, and heck, we won like thirty thousand. You know, we won second at the grip. We won probably 20,000 at the rodeos like man I was like man this is like I think we got a chance and I and before I was like you know there's no way like because I'd worked with Billy Jack and I'd seen him go and uh that was before he'd made the finals and he had been he would go out there for you know from Reno until Cheyenne and just come back and be just not bummed out but you could tell it was like man this has got to be so hard yeah and so I'd never got you know a dose of it and then I went out there and actually won a little bit. Right. For one, because Zach had an amazing head horse. You know, so yeah. so we were spoiled with that. And then uh, after that, I was like, I'm rodeoing. I'm doing it. And still, like, it, it was kind of a like a pipe dream, you know. It wasn't super realistic. But I just thought, heck, I'm going to give it a shot and well, no matter what. How important was it? Because uh, that header... And that head horse were both winners. Yes. They they had a real special run. Yes. And it was like, no matter the situation, they could be as aggressive as everyone else. Yeah. But it was like, it was really controlled, right? Is that, is that what it felt like yeah. to you? Yeah. Honestly, my heel horse wasn't very fast. Right. And I remember Zach, like, I tried not to just run him left. But I remember at one headers, over and under in, trying to outrun his head rope. And when it went on, he they would all hit the end of it, and then the next jump you could heal them. So if I could get there to the turn, that was my throw. I had to throw right there, and man, we made some good runs. Like we, I think we won Sykeston that year. Like we had no idea we was even going to win a check. I'd never been to Sykeston before, right. and like being from Arkansas, like that's a big rodeo. Like yeah. that would be like being from, well, in my mind, the equivalent of being from. Wyoming and going to Cheyenne, you know, like that's the biggest rodeo around. Right. And uh, we went like, I don't know how fast we went. It was muddy. And uh, we was 
eight or nine on two. I mean, we, we mucked it out of a couple of them. But Zach just roped him right when the neck rope came off. I had to do nothing. You know, I just had to get close enough and heal the steer. Right. And it was it just felt so simple then, you know, because we we had that run. Like, it was just every time. I, I had enough confidence in Zach. I feel like anybody could have asked me to rope, and I would have been like, no, this is my guy right here. Like, I know I can catch for him. And he that we're really good friends. And I'm like, man, this I'm having so much fun. I wouldn't want to do anything else, you right. know. That's when that's when you knew, because like, you've always loved roping. Oh and yeah, then, like when I was a kid, I, I think I when I was li- really little, I my dad made me head because I was so small, like yeah. I was little bitty, and uh, I always I had a goat that I would heal. I was telling Luke the other day, uh, I would watch the 99 and 2000 BFI every day. And that when I got old enough to stay home by myself. And I was, I was probably 12, 13, like during the summer when I'd stayed home before I had to have a summer job. So I would, I had a, like a, a pipe in the ground and it swiveled, you know, and I, I would get up, put the BFI in watch a little bit, maybe eat some cereal, go outside, heal the goat till the goat would just give it up, put her back up, go inside. I'd turn the fan on in the living room and lay on the floor, lay right in front of the TV, watch a few rounds of the BFI and go back outside and all day because we never had an arena. So I had to wait for my dad to get home, you know, and then he would take me, his best friend lived like a mile from us. I could ride my four-wheeler over there. And we would go over there and rope in the evenings, kick the lights on, you know. And uh, that was every day. The reason that I was 99 and 2000 because Charles and Britt won it. And we were, you know, three hours from Tulsa. Like, if you lived within that range, you was a Britt Buckus fan. Right. You know, that was the guy right there. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was my, that's all I wanted to do. But my dad made me head because he was like, man, you're not strong enough. You know, so I was like, you know, you're my dad. You're right. So. One night we was practicing at a buddy's house and there was no healers. And I was like, Dad, can I please heal? Please. He's like, yeah, I guess. So I caught, I used a head rope and I caught, I don't know, a bunch, which that's all I did at home was heal. I always wanted to be a healer. and So I uh, I just caught a whole bunch that night and he was like, well, I guess you can heal, you know, if you want to. And my practice head horse was actually my dad's heel horse. So... I just started riding him, and uh, I think I entered the U.S. finals that year. I was 11 or 12. That would have been 05. And, uh, man, I, I loved it. I just wanted to be a healer. Right. But the funny story, I so I bought my dad. Everybody always used fastbacks at home like that. If you wanted a rope, they had a feed store, and you used a fastback. My, my, one of my best friends from home, his dad owned the feed store. And that was what you had. You could get a green grabber or a nugget or, you know. One of them old school yeah. fastbacks. I I remember getting a Mach 3 when I first started healing, and my dad was like, he took it. He's like, I missed a couple. He's like, that rope's way too light. We can't use that, you know. Right. So he might have got me like a green grabber or something. It looked, felt like a water hose, and I was 11 years old, <laughs> and I'm just trying to get it. But but I had bought my dad a, a classic like for his birthday, and, and I asked my mom. I was like, what kind of rope does he use? She's like, I don't know, but I know you're like some really stiff. So there was a Western store in town, and they had classic ropes. And I was like, this is what I'm getting in. Like, he's going to get one of these goodies right here. Yeah. So I got him an XR4 full, oh, medium yeah. hard. 
and he got it and he's like you know thanks like acting excited he never used it it was brand new like i had like some ribbon around it or something yeah. and uh he uh, he never used it so when i went to healing i thought that's a heel rope right there yeah, that's what i'm gonna use yeah and so i used it i don't know how long i used it but it was all i could do to get it wrapped around the saddle horn like two hands try to pull on it i could catch with it if i could get it down there and get it bent on something right but man it wore me out and he finally he's like hey you don't have to use a medium hard. He said, I don't even use them that stiff. He said, let me get you something you can swing easier. easier. And that was a hit right there to my confidence. But I'm like, all right, man, if you say so, like, we'll, we'll get a softer heel rope. But right. that's I just thought, you know, if I'm going to be a healer, I'm going to use a heel rope. Like, gotta I'm eat. not, I'm yeah. not going to use a little bitty one. Like, we're going to get the big dog here. Yeah, I got to use that heel rope. Yeah, I'll probably regret that one day, but... Man, I, I remember that being pretty young, healing and just trying to dally with stiff oh, ropes. Yeah. Or even now, like when I, when I, I had, you know, yeah. so when I grab a heel rope, they don't feel that good to me. And then when I get a None. really stiff one, I'm like, man, this, this ain't going to work. Yeah, this is like things have to be really right for me to dally oh, yeah. good. So I, I usually stick with the mediums now. That's yeah. kind of my thing. Oh, that's I, like Clay Smith when we, we high school rodeo, he high school rodeo in Arkansas and he was a healer. He'd use a medium, hard, hard medium every time. And now I see him, and he's got like a, a NXT and a medium or something. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like it's crazy, but because that's all I use is heel ropes. So then it's like, like my I don't use them that stiff. I use a hard medium, but they're usually a little touch softer, and that's fine with me. Like if they're stiffer, that's fine. If they're softer, that's fine. I'm not too picky, but uh, like it's it's hard for me to understand like. Because I don't, when I use a head rope, I think they all feel good. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm like, oh, that's the best feeling rope ever. Because I've been swinging a hard medium all day. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. You can pick up anything after that. It's like, man, this is so easy to swing. It's the same thing when you go to heel. Like, you've been heading a bunch and you go to heel. Yeah. You're like, man, this, I think this feels good, but it's just really stiff. Yeah. It's like a medium power line. I got. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, it's a lot of rope right here. How do these guys do Yeah, it? exactly. Like, TG, he uses a medium hard no matter if he's practicing or at the rodeo or at the jackpot or whatever. And, uh, I just, I, I did, you know, I used them for a while and it's just, I, I liked it. Like I hang on to my rope a little more. Like I, I don't point my finger, so I get a hold of it a lot. Right. And I feel like I can use a touch softer one and still, it'll still stand up. Like I don't throw it that hard, you know? Right. But man, some guys like even, even Paul, like he, I think he's going to a little softer up now, but he used medium hard forever, you know? Yeah. It's. It's crazy too, and what what's funny to me about healing? I, I say this like my dad called me the other day. He's like, "Hey, I'm ordering some heel ropes. What should I get?" And I'm like, "Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I think every professional healer that's not sponsored by, unless they're with a different rope company, if yeah. they're with Classic, they have a power line light hard medium in their rope bag. Yes, they may not use it every time, but it's there. <laughs> it's it's in their rope bag. So." That, that should tell you if you're ordering a heel rope. Yeah, exactly. I probably would go a power line. Now, if you don't like them that stiff, order a few in the mediums. Yeah. And then, and then you can branch off that if you want to try out some different heel ropes. Yeah. But you should have a couple of those that's, around that's just in the, case. That's the cornerstone right there. you yeah. got to have a power line if you want to heel. Yeah. But I I use those yellow ones when they first come out. I just had to have them. George is like, man, they're, they're really light. I don't think you're going to like them. And I'm like, I trust you. But I want to try it for myself. I just want to swing it, man. Yeah. Like, cause I'd been gone for the summer, and I'm like, I want something that I can swing. 
like, and not just blow my shoulder out. And uh, so I got some, and they felt so good practicing. Just awesome. I loved them. And I started roping, like, legs. Like, I feel like I'd set my loop down, and it just wasn't really, like, wasn't what I was used to. Like, a power line, I can put something on it right there, and it's going to sit there. And those ones were so light. Like, I felt like I would, I would throw them, and they wouldn't open up as much. And my wife was like, why don't you just get a green one and catch two feet again? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't really want to hear that, but it's you're right. Like, yeah, it's some solid Why advice. do I not want to be a healer? That's all I've wanted to do. I guess I'll just get a power line again. Right. So then I did, and I started catching again. She was like, well, you rope so good with those ropes. And I said, so does everybody else in the world if they pick one up. Like, that's yeah. not just, we didn't figure that out today. That's been going on forever. Well, too, and I, and I think what ends up happening in healing is – when you're healing a, a rodeo healer, yeah, you're. I think the most comparable position is playing wide receiver. Yeah, that you're trying. You don't really have a lot of choice sometimes when you get to yes. cut it down there, and sometimes the steers are real wide legged and washing, mm-hmm. or they're fresh, and you're not in the perfect spot, and so the power line has just a staying power. Like yeah. it doesn't hit and bounce off the ground like yeah it, 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 it does stays that. Like, there and a, a lighter rope will sometimes like i think that's where you see healers will rope legs or something like that where yeah. um if guys are jackpotting and going maybe an extra swing yeah like, you can make it work you it's so it's i don't think there's that big of a difference but it's when you're pressing when you're hard. in the deep sand in the middle of the summer and it's a hundred out and your header hangs it on one, and your horse slips going through the turn, and you have to try to put it down there. That's when it's it's nice. To have yeah, that. yeah. You need almost it's almost like having insurance. Like I'm gonna throw this really hard, and you better stay open right here. I'm gonna wing this one at you. But so, what year did you and Zach rope? Was that 17? You said no, uh, 15. 15. We we only went for like three, maybe a month there. We circuit rodeo a lot, but okay. I, I wrote with Travis trying the next year. Okay. Were you living in Oklahoma at that time? or did I, I I was still in college. I just got out of college, and I worked for Duke Dixon. Right. I worked up there with Billy Jack. And uh, whenever – it was actually kind of weird. My ex-girlfriend was moving down here for college, and I got a chance to – Zach said, if you want to move down here, I will let you. He said, you can live with me. Right. My roommate's moving out. You can live with me. And I was like – absolutely i didn't know what i was gonna do for money i didn't know you know i was just like i gotta get down there so i moved in with zach and uh i just when i first got here i had maybe two heel horses and one horse that was just i bought him from a kid that ranched and he didn't do anything yet like he dropped some stuff in the pasture on him but i would go to I, I just met Travis. Zach maybe gave me Travis Graves' number, and he was like, hey, if you want to go head for TG, like, he's always looking for headers. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that all day. Like, so right. I uh, I called him, and I was like, hey, do you need a header? Like, I can get some head horses, and I just want to come rope with you. And he's like, yeah, come over tomorrow. So I went. I, I, lo- I borrowed horses from everybody. I got like three horses from Judd Jackson. I had one of Zach's. I stopped at Jake Long's and picked one up. Like I have made like the rounds through Morgan Mill and just loaded Zach's trailer down with horses. Cause I only had a three horse. So I had to borrow his trailer to go practice. 
So I get over there and I ride maybe one horse. But I mean, I run a bunch. It was Zach's practice horse and he could take a lot of runs. Right. And so, man, we just got to be buddies just like that. Just, uh, which I'm pretty laid back and I get to hollering and stuff every now and then having fun when we practice. And Travis, he, he's really serious, you know, so he had so much fun, like just kind of actually like relaxing and just having a good time. So for whatever reason, he just kept asking me to come over. So I got to where I would go there in the morning. I, I would get done there about 10 or so, 10, 11, and I would go up on the hill and rope with Tate and heal some. And then after that, Zach would get home from school and we would rope at Judd's. So that was my daily deal, like three a days, every day. And some of my horses got it twice, but I was like, hey, I mean, I came down here to rope. I'm going to rope. Right. And that was the most fun I've ever had just how, every day. How lucky was it that your dad started you heading right there? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I used that. Like I lived with, after Zach, me, Zach and I only lived there for, I guess from like, uh, September or October until, oh, probably it was right after California. And he moved up there to Oklahoma because he quit school for that semester because he was trying to make the finals. And so I moved into TG's apartment right? and just moved in with him. And I had the horse that I told you was a ranch horse. He said, Hey man, we don't have no head horses. And I was like, well, I'll head on this one. So fresh muleys, that was his first day. And he got probably 20 of them. Right. And from that day on, that was our horse. Like he got to where he would try to climb out of the box every now and then. But he got some runs. And I bet, I mean, we run a lot on him. And I told TG, you know, I jack with him all the time. I'm like, everybody's always wondering how. How you stayed so sharp when you didn't have no header around. And I said, no, nah, I'm going to take credit for that. Yeah, that's, that's that, all That was on me. Yeah. Like, and he, he just laughs about it. But, I mean, heck, I would heal maybe 10 steers a day. But I got to watch him practice, you know. Like, I, I, I learned a lot just from being around him. And, and it, it was awesome for me. And, and he got a header out of the deal. And right. I would, you know, clean the pins and whatever, just do whatever just to – get to be there and rope and and it was it was a good deal for me for sure so when you first started that's was that the first professional healer that you'd been around all like a day in and day out basis? yeah like i was with billy jack every day you know for three years but we okay that was before he had made the finals like right we were both kind of like and he and, and at that point i had no thought that i would ever make the finals Billy had it in his mind, and it was, I'll never forget it. He told me like a couple years before he made the final, or like maybe the year before, he said, if I don't make the finals in next the next two years, I'm going to head, and I'm going to head for you. And I said, that's fine, you know, because I was kind of be between partners and just whatever, and I wasn't that serious about it. I said, shoot, yeah, man, that sounds great. Right. And, uh, but then I thought, I'm thinking about it, like, man, this guy, he he has every intention on making the national finals. Like, that's always, that's what everybody wants to do. But to hear somebody actually, so here's somebody that I really know. Like, I was around Jake Long a little bit because him and Billy are buddies, and he would go up there to his house, or his mom's, and hang out with us and rope and stuff. But I was like, man, this guy, he's he's going to do it. Like, he, he really, it, that's in his plan, you know. And I was like, man. 
that's crazy. Like I, I, I knew that he could do it. He was capable. He heals amazing. But I was like, man, he, he's really doing it. Like he plans on going like, and and that kind of gave me some perspective. It was like, man, I have no intentions of that. Like I can't, I want to make the circuit finals. You, You know, that was a big deal to me. And just to hear somebody actually like kind of nut up and say it like, Hey, that that's my plan. And I thought that was cool. Like, like, man, this guy, he's going to go, he's going to be there. And and then it was kind of, it wasn't until I roped with Zach, you know, in 16 and, and we won a little bit or 15, we won some money. I was like, man, I can like, I can kind of make this work. Like if I can, I didn't even catch all of them. And and we still won that much money. I'm like, man, this is awesome. Like I can, I can do this. And and so that's kind of when I was like, I told my mom and dad, I'm like, look, I know it's crazy, but this is what I'm gonna do. Like I'm gonna figure it out. Right. And uh, so that's kind of when I decided. And and it's crazy to me because before before I before 19 when I made it the first time, I was like. I was out there and I was having fun, you know. I love rodeoing. I love being out there. I just like being around all my buddies, you know. There's a lot of great guys that rodeo. And uh I just enjoyed being out there. And I had a blast. I love going to all the rodeos, all the different places. But it's not until you're in the top 15 or close come the Northwest time that it gets real. And it's like, oh man, like now I have to, like, now I can't just enjoy this. Like, this is stressful. And I think it was after San Juan. Uh, I, got, I wrote to Spencer Mitchell down there because Jeff didn't get in. He was, like, one out. And we won second and won, like, 8,000 or something. And I I had been kind of close. Like, after Caldwell week, I was, like, just outside. But then that put me like 13th or 14th. And I was like, gosh, man, can this be over today? Please. Like, I just want to go home. I want this to be over. And that was the first time I've ever felt like I want to go home. I want to be done. I cannot wait to be done because before it's like, man, I don't want to go home. Like it's going to be hot. Like, especially Pendleton time. It's like, man, I wish we could just stay out here. This is the coolest place in the world. And then that, that year I was like, man, if, if, I would give somebody as much money as I could get my hands on for it to be September 30th right now. Like I just want it to be over with, but that's what's, that's what like, it gave me so much more respect for the guys that have done it for so long because those guys, those guys are in the top 15 all year. Right. Like they're there and, and that's hard. That's hard on the guy, you know, you wouldn't think cause that's what you want. But at the same time, it's like, I told somebody the other day, I said, it was a whole heck of a lot easier to keep everything together before I knew I had a chance to make it. It was like, you know, I'm just, if I do good, great. If I don't, no big deal. I've never been there. Now it's like, I don't want to miss it. You know, I want to be there every year. I was talking to my friend the other day and I said, one of the, this is a weird thought I had, but I was like, one of the worst things that can happen to us are expectations. Yes. And we start having these expectations of how we should do it. Or how it should go, well, it's never going to be good enough if we have no. expectations no. going into it. And it's like, as soon as you crack into that top 15, it's like, I, I feel like it's this weird, like, oh man, it's becoming real. Like, yes. And now you're like, well, 
this is what I've always kind of wanted, but now yeah. it's realistic. So it's <laughs> now like, it's oh, hard. Yeah. Now I don't like this. <laughs> Did you ever have those moments where like, right as that's happening? Cause I, I, like being around you, you're pretty happy. Go lucky. I feel yeah. like you're kind of, you're the kind of guy that you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, you work hard, but missing to you, like if you make a mistake, you're not, do you beat yourself up? Like, like you can laugh it off, right? You're kind of, yeah. Well, to an extent, right. I, I know it doesn't seem like it, but when I was like, when I was in college, I, I had trouble. Like I had a really bad temper. I get really mad. So mad last night I got like, Luke did a great job. Steer kind of followed just a touch. My horse got by a little bit kind of burned out couldn't get there i wanted to panic and then i had a, one of the best feeling heel ropes it was perfect heel rope Shout rope the classic. leg yeah <laughs> thanks george this rope is awesome i right. felt so bad that it drug and i'm i'm supposed to go back and push tg steer at, at team eight i'm team two and i'm mad i'm so and i i don't show it i try not to show it because i love champ like he's the man you never know what his dog could get run over and you wouldn't know it. And that's how I want to be. I want to be like that. I don't want people to be able to be like, oh, hey, get away. Don't ride way around that guy. Like, So I ride all the way to the back and I'm hanging on to my rope. It's trying to jerk it out of my hand. And I don't want to turn it loose. And I end up, get the rope jerked out of my hand. And I'm just sitting at the back. And I just want to be mad. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be happy right now. I want to be mad. I, I roped a leg for money, like, why would I do that? I don't want to miss ever. So then I go loosen my horse off and I sat back there in the alley and I knew Logan Medlin had stayed up there. So I thought Travis has a push. He might be mad at me, but I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I just want to be mad. And I always joke around and say, yeah, I'll come back and get you if I catch, if not, I'm going to go throw a fit. And now I feel like an idiot because I actually, I actually did that. Like I sat down there and watched and kind of threw a fit. I was mad, and Luke told me, he said, hey, man, don't worry about that one. Like, that was pretty hard. Like, he said, if your horse was ever going to get by, it was going to be that one. I said, I don't care. Right. I'm mad. I'm not. It's not okay. It shouldn't happen. I shouldn't miss that steer. It's not. But, like, I got home last night and roped the dummy on my horse. Like, pretty full contact. And I was like, we're turning in. I'm healing. I'm dallying. Like, we're going to make some runs. And then I roped the pipes on the ground for an hour like knowing like if i get to the inside i'm gonna catch the steer but still i felt like no you have to work harder than that like you <laughs> so yeah. to answer your question it comes off like i i don't get mad which I, i've got a lot better about it but if i do mess up i'm not gonna let i'm not gonna let myself get away with it like i'm gonna go work at it and well i feel like i should have to you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, it's, it's genius really. Cause you're, you're building, it's positive, yes, right? You're, yes. you're taking these bad experiences <laughs> and you're creating a stronger game. You know, yeah. you're, you're just working on your, your stuff more. Um, do you do the same thing when you're catching though? Yeah, I do. A lot of times, like, like during the finals this year, uh, my horse gets strong. Right. That's no surprise. I feel like everybody that's ever watched team roping can see that. Yeah. And that horse has more stuff to him than any horse I've ever rode. Like he's so fast. He moves his feet so fast. 
and sometimes he feels like he's going to flip over in the hill box. He's not, but he, he's, I thought he was going to fool me a couple times. Yeah. So I have to ride him a lot. Like I didn't take him to Rapid City this winter because he was going to have to be off for a day. And I was like, I don't want to ride him if he has a day off. Like okay. he gets it every day. So I roped the dummy on him during the finals every morning, probably 30 times. Like for sure, medium plus speed. And I healed it, dallied it, like put my hand down, made him stay behind because he gets to, and, and a lot of it's me. Like when I go somewhere, I get excited and I want to get in there. So he doesn't need me kicking him to go fast. He's going plenty fast enough most of the time. Right. If I need anything, I need to take my spurs off. You, you know, like don't don't kick him. So I had him tired every night and it felt like finally, I finally felt like I could just relax and heal him. But, but we still worked at it every day. I, and Judd Jackson, he's one of my best friends. He went with me every night and, uh, I have a pink smarty that hops mm-hmm. and he'll probably kill me, but he, uh, he has heck catching it. Because it is kind of hard to catch, yeah. which that's why I want to rope it. I don't want to rope the sled on my good stuff and just ease around and get my confidence up. I want to have to work for it a little bit. So we would, him and I would rope the dummy every morning at his house. It was before I got my arena done. And he, he, the first day we roped it and I caught that night and the steer run hard and like he was hitting pretty fast and, and we got back to the truck and he said, that's the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. Now we got to rope that dummy every morning. <laughs> so, so every day I said, you ain't kidding. So yeah. every morning he said, you want to hook that other one up? Absolutely not. We're roping, we're roping the hopper. Yeah. And it's pink. And if we miss, we're going to feel stupid. Yeah. Like this is what we're doing. It worked one time. It's going to work nine more. Yeah. And so every day we rope that dummy and we were tired. I didn't want to get up, but I thought, no. You got to get up and you got to get out there and do it. So we did it every day and my horse worked amazing and it, it, I mean, it paid off. We won quite a bit of money and did good. And so, well, absolutely, man. There, there's so much to this too. Cause one I want to talk about is you, when you first get to Stephenville three times a day, That's, <laughs> yeah. I, I have a lot of, a lot of people that say they like to rope. Yeah. But they don't really understand how much work it is to yeah they like to rope when they're roping one time a day on two yeah. or three horses yeah. like two or three pins through of 10 steers like we run yeah. we run 30 today yeah that's a big day that's a big day for me yeah you're you're running you're heading first of all <laughs> right off yeah and are you picking tg's brain pretty good when you when you do this like because i've practiced over there a little bit with him. yeah he i love tg yeah but he's not a real talkative person. Yeah, like, he don't I, talk when I, he's practicing. Yeah. Really didn't when I first started going over there. Right. And then I would I started like jacking with him. Like I would uh, I would undally and be like, Hey, good shot. Yeah. And you know, just, yeah, just just trying to get him like loosen up a little bit. And then he got to where he would like throw his hand up and holler, you know, just oh, yeah. start hooping and holler. I mean, he started cutting loose a little bit and, and man, we had fun. We made that's probably some of the best runs I've ever seen in my life was some of them that me and him made. Really? Because uh, honestly, about a week into this, my horse started ducking so hard because he'd never been headed on. Yeah, and we started on fresh We muleys. started a week ago, and now we're coming over the gates. Yeah. And so if I got it on him, it was good. 
It was fast. Right. And I told him, you know, he had FSR steers, fastest steers alive. Yeah. If they weren't fast, he sent them back. And I'm like, you know, if we had normal steers, my horse might have been okay. You know, <laughs> for me. I said, but we, we completely fried. Like, I took him to the pasture open that summer, and he ran so fast. But I had him to where he wouldn't run in the arena. Right. He was like, no, you're going to run 40 on me? I'm saving myself. Yeah, he knows and, how to. And now, actually, a kid has him. The kid's 11 years old, and, and I, he went came to a school that Levi and I did in Arkansas. Man, he roped on that horse all day, and he was perfect for him. But he just, that horse, uh, he didn't need us riding him, going at him like that. But, like, for that kid, he's awesome. Right. He can ride him all day, ride him at the jackpots, stands there and scores. But I told Travis, I said, they rope just medium steers, and he knows he's not going to have to work hard. Yeah. That horse was smart. Like, he, he knew better. Right. I would have got smart, too. I mean, that, that is the one thing. Like, you, if a horse can take that many runs, yeah, they're usually not going to be no full tilt running each time no. and if not they're going to be if they if they do run that hard they're yeah. going to be quirky because they, they're, they're going to kill you <laughs> yeah because i think as soon as you lose your horse's breath yeah that's when you're in for trouble yeah. as soon as the horse well they're going to get hurt yeah. or they're going to they're going to do the bad stuff they're going to mess up because they're tired yeah they have no more left it, it's the same as you like go run as hard as you can <laughs> be without breath and then try to do something perfectly yeah. it, it and do that it's, over and over it's again. It's not gonna be good. Yeah, it's it's a bad thing. So you're you're running. I mean, a, a huge amount of steers, right? Yeah, a lot. You just came to Texas. Like you you love roping. It's it's pretty obvious, right? Yeah, you yeah. love you love to rope, right? Yeah. At any point, do you feel like, man, I don't want to do this today, or what am I doing? You know, like because yeah, I mean. You have to feel like that multiple times a week. Like, get up and procrastinate and not want to get after yeah. it. You know, like, it, it has to... Does that happen to you all the time? Yeah, no? man. A lot more now. Right. You know, because it's like... I have a kid, Wade, that lives with me. Yeah. And he heads. And he can rope. He can turn me steers when he gets done work. And he shoes horses. So, like, I can get up in the morning and feed, drink some coffee, sit around... And then wait, you know, a lot of times, like when Levi's here, we can just rope all day and it's awesome. Right. But now it's kind of to the point where it's like, man, I, I need to be roping. Like I need to be roping right now. Somebody's roping. Yeah. I promise. Like I have nothing going on. But then at the same time, like I have my two good horses. I have another one that I can rope on and I've got a whole bunch of green, like young stuff. I've got a couple that I've been heading on for my wife and. It's just like I've got stuff I can do, but I want to work at it more. I want to make some runs. Like I want to get after it right. like I used to, but it's at the point now where I have my own stuff I have to take care of. You know, like I've got, you know, just eight steers there at the house and we've got horses scattered everywhere. And it's just then I felt like I was just a bandit running around roping at everybody's house. And yeah. I had a horse and I would go rope on him and I would head or heel on him and just have a good time and practice and make runs. But I feel like when I practice now, like healing for sure, like it's better practice. Like I'm going to ride my good stuff on a few and make some runs and whatever they need. If I need to slow them down, I'll slow them down. But like my, it's a lot more higher percentage practice than I used to get because it's actually on a heel horse and I'm not just. Yeah. So you basically, when you first got here, well, A, 
like going to TG's house, that was more or less to probably pick apart like and, yes. and study him. Yeah. And then as you were healing other guys' places, it's just whatever you can heal yeah. on and yeah. And and I think that's that's fine. It's not ideal if no. you can have better horses or better practice, <laughs> yes. but that's what you had. And so you and then but your skill level gets to a point where yes. it's at now and it's at a real high level. Yeah. So now that you're at a high level, how do you try to get the most out of each practice? Man, I I try to every time I walk by the pipes, I try to rope it. And I'll rope it ten times in a row. I want to rope it ten times in a row every time. And if I throw one loop that's not perfect, I'll rope it twenty. Like we'll go ahead and get to twenty. And if I mess up on nineteen, we'll go to thirty. Like, and it makes me so tired. But I'm like, no, I, I've I've got to get this down. Like this is what I do. I have to I have to be able to throw this loop. I'm standing still. The dummy's not moving. Surely I can catch it. You know. Right. And uh, that comes from when I lived with Billy Jack, we uh, we went to a jackpot and rope bad somewhere. <laughs> I don't even remember where, but we had uh, a couple horses around there that you know that we're just kind of bringing them along. But they could take some runs, like they'd been roped on a lot and stuff. Just kind of practice horses. Uh, we had his ex girlfriend pull the dummy for us, and we made ourselves rope it thirty times in a row. And if you missed, you had to start over. And you want to talk about ready to get to 30. Right. Especially if you get to about 28 and rope a leg. And we was wanting to quit. And we'd say, no, you're not done. Keep going. And like, it it was pretty intense around there for a minute. But it it was like, hey, you're going to have to want to catch a little more than that. And it makes you pay attention. Like, so I'm a fan of that. Well, and and it's I think it, I mean, it's so easy to just go through the motions, yeah. right? Like we can all catch. It's not like put right. a little pressure on yourself. Like hey, I'm gonna get a lap right here if I don't catch this one, you well, know? Yeah. So. <laughs> or do it, or do it when you don't want to. Like yeah. walking by the dummy, it's really easy to just walk by the yeah. dummy. Or it's like easy to say that that loop was that was okay, but yeah. you know it wasn't. You know it wasn't. Yeah, and, you ain't lying the, to yourself. Yeah. Because there's no one, no one knows but you, right? Yeah. So then, if you add the ten on, you're just you're building this mental discipline yes. of, hey, I need to run steers, I need to work at it, yeah, and I need to think through yes. how I'm getting at, you know, getting well, after my practice. And and a lot of it too, I think, people don't rope the dummy on the ground that much anymore. Right. Like when I was a kid, like that's what I did because I didn't have an arena, I didn't, I couldn't just go outside and run them in, you know. So I had to get stuff lined out like that. Like if I roped bad at a jackpot, me and my dad would go home and we would put a BFI in and watch it. I'm like, let's, let's figure out how to get this better. So the next day I would go outside and rope the dummy. Right. Like, and it goes back and forth. Like I'm going to watch the best guys and then I'm going to rope like, and then I'm going to see how it feels, you know? And, but for me, like if I, if I don't have nobody to turn me no steers, I'm, I'm going to go outside and at least rope the dummy for a long time and make sure like I want to be able to throw that loop without thinking about it. Like I don't want to have to think like, Hey, get your arm up here. Like bring your elbow in. Like, I don't want to have to think of that. I want to just naturally do it. And that takes a lot. That takes a lot of runs and a lot of rope in the dummy. And so even if I don't only get to run 20 steers today, I'm going to put some loops in on that. I'm going to put some loops on the ground, you know, like I'm going to still 
work my my body and my mind a little bit and like make myself work for it a little bit. Do you believe in the like the ten thousand hour rule or the ten thousand rep rule at all? I mean, I I don't know. I, I think I think we get complacent, you know. Like if we do good, then it's like, oh, that felt good, man. Like I'm just gonna ease through it and build the next jackpot and win again. No, these guys are waiting for you to have a day like that. Yeah. Like like they wish. Everybody was that confident, so they quit working at it. Like Jade Corkill, he's probably roping right now, you know. So, that, I think that's why he's so good, man. He never stops working about it. Thinks I, about it all the time. I did ask him about that. I was like, I mean, have you run the numbers on? Do you think you've got ten thousand loops in like this year? And he's like, I, I and he realistically looked at me. I, I could be messing this up, but uh, like, yeah, don't quote me exactly. But he's like, kind of sarcastically said, I. I bet I've got 10,000 in this month. Yeah. But when you think about it, oh yeah. It's uh you know the to master something it's 10,000 hours, right? Yeah. Of doing it. So 10,000 hours of roping the dummy, not 10,000 loops, but like 10,000 hours of Yeah. getting after it. Well, how many loops can you throw in an hour? I mean, a I, lot. <laughs> yeah, I rapid fire. I can be in a, just a dead sweat after 10 15 minutes heading, yeah. heading the dummy. I mean, mm-hmm. not not in great shape, but you know what I mean. It's it's pretty easy. So, we're going back to this mental like you you've always just been motivated to rub. Like you you love it. Yeah. Obviously, you're doing what you're supposed to do, which is yeah. that's that's really exciting. This is the whole purpose of doing the podcast with guys right, like you, right. like living out their lives' purpose. Because I think that's the most important thing right. we can do. You love to rope. And since then, you've just been refining your practice and getting it better and better. And right. as your skill and everything's gotten to a higher level, do you now struggle staying motivated to practice and work at it? Yeah. Well, I think everybody does. Like, I don't know. I just want to, if I'm going to get out there and rope, I want to rope. Like, I don't want to run three steers. I want to run them all. Right. I want to ride every horse I got and I want to run them all. But it's hard for me to like get out there and saddle them all and then sit around and wait you know it's like man why can't somebody be here right now so like i was telling you earlier i got my wife a head horse like she's probably gonna end up hating that horse because she's gonna have to ride it a lot yeah like she's gonna be more of a header than she wants to be right. and i hate to tell her that but like she's right there she's a warm body with a head rope like hey she's, let's she's let's run a few and, let's, and let's traded, get it off yeah. traded off your favorite truck my favorite truck for a head horse like yeah. we're gonna use this yeah this but I mean, when Levi's around and like when I've got somebody around ahead, I'm I'm all for it. Like, let's go out there and let's rope. And like, we have lights now, so if it's hot during the day, we can kick them on and rope at night. And yeah, they're not great, but I can see good enough to catch. That's good enough for me. Like, I can run that many more on my horses and not get them that hot. I'm doing that. Yeah. So the other day, the, it was the day of the U.S. Finals, I think the Open uh-huh. that day. Um, I, I roped in the 15 and I'm driving home. I go by your house and I'm like, man, there's lights on. And then I drive by and I'm like, these guys are in the arena running them. Yeah. I caught two out of eight that day. Yeah. And I, well, I'm just thinking, shit, man, these guys, like how, how are, are we going to beat them? Yeah. They literally, I'm, I'm as tired. I am oh, not, I was done. I'm I was not, done. I'm telling you right now, I, I ain't doing it. I'm tired. I've been at this roping all day. I'm mentally yeah. drained. It's 
it was a bad day. Like <clears throat> I, I wrote, it didn't matter if I wrote good or bad. Yeah. I wasn't going to go home and practice. That exactly. Night. Now I might not have slept good or I, I would have handled it where I worked at it the next day or whatever. Right. But the fact that you're like that, it, it's really, it's just, it's really unique to me because it's like, it's never enough, right? Like you just no, like to run. No. Like yeah. there's there's no end game really for you. Like you're right. No, yeah. I just want to rope, and that's that's what I have to do to make a living. And yeah, I want to sell. I mean, I'll, I'll sell some horses and stuff like that. That's all good and fun, but I don't feel right about it if I get money in my account that's not from roping. And that's weird, but it makes me mad. It's like. If I wouldn't have sold that horse this month, I would have had a terrible month. That's not all right. You, you know, like, I, I want to win. I want to win that money. And I want it to be because I worked hard, not because, like, yeah, I mean, I, I love riding horses. And, and I have just as much fun getting on a three-year-old and riding them around and, and getting them better than I do roping. I've always loved riding horses. But I don't get the same kind of satisfaction that I do from winning. You know, if I win second at the BFI and win 50,000, like, Hey, that's going to get me going for a while. Right. Not because I sold my horse. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. just, it just feels like, and I still put the work in on the horse, but it's not the same for me. Like I want to be a healer. I, you know, I feel like I can't spend most of my time working on training horses because I'm not a horse trainer. I'm a healer. I still want to be good with them because I want to keep mine working. And I always ask guys questions about, you know, how to get your horses better and 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 like me and Lane Ivy are pretty good buddies and he's got into the cow horse deal and man I I think that's the coolest deal in the world like those guys are awesome and, right. and just to see horses that are that good like every one of those could make a heel horse you know every single one of them yeah. but why would you they're they're worth a third as much as a heel horse but like I always pick his brain you know about how to get them more broke and paying attention and stuff but it's just the fact is I I just I feel like if I do my job, I'm going to win, you, you know, and, and when I don't when that's not the case when I have to get money from some other route. Like if I have to sell something or, you know, it's just like, yeah, I mean, I'm, obviously I'm grateful and I'm thankful to have the money, but I want to win to get the money and yeah. I want it to be because I, I did it, you know, with a rope. Do you use those things like, well, I mean, like a financial means, right? Like, right. One of the biggest bitches that young people say when they want to rope is it's too expensive. Yeah. Right. I don't I mean, have enough money. I don't have enough money. Yeah. How many times have you not had enough money? A lot. Right. Most of the time. Honestly, I feel like when I have no money, I probably wrote better than I do when I have money. I've, I've had money and not had money so many times. I'm at the point where I don't look at my bank account. My wife does, but she does everything. She's awesome. Yeah. If I didn't have her, I couldn't do anything. Well, it's a team. You guys are yeah. a team, right? But I tell her, I'm like, look, I don't want to know. If I don't need to spend money, tell me. Hey, don't buy nothing. I don't want to know how much I got. Yeah. I don't care. I want to catch two feet. Like that. That's not going to hinder my decision. I'm not going to try harder because I don't have money. You know? So I just like, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to know. Like, if I find a horse I like, I'm like, hey, can I buy this horse or not? She's like, she'll look on her phone. Yeah, you can buy it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. kind of how it goes. It's not like a, oh, man, I need to be careful. Like, And 
a lot of it, I think, like, I felt like for a long time, you know, I mean, I've prayed about it. I've put a lot of thought into it. Like, man, if this is what God wants me to do, he's going to make it happen. I don't know how. I don't know if my dad's going to have to loan me a couple thousand so I can pay my fees this week or get home. But there's always going to be something that's going to happen, you know. So I feel like that helps me a lot, right. you know, just 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 to have that faith like, hey, no matter what. Like when I when I roped with Jake Barnes, I had eight hundred dollars. And all right, sorry about that. So roping with Jake Barnes, eight hundred dollars in your bank yeah, account. I I, uh, I remember headed out there, and uh, I'm I'm on my way to Jake's house, and I'm excited. Like I I'm I'm at this point, I'm excited to have Jake's number in my phone. You yeah. know, I'm just I cannot wait to get out there. I have no money. I have two horses. And I'm like, I, can't, I just couldn't wait. And I was talking to my dad. And my dad keeps up on me. He's always like, hey, you know, if you need money, just tell me. Don't do anything silly. Right. So I'm like, okay. I said, hey, I'm going to be all right. You know, don't worry about it. We're going we're gonna to win. <laughs> but yeah, everybody's going to win. Yeah. You don't always win. But so I get out there to Jake's. And the first day I get out there, I have two heel horses. One of them is 17. I will run 15 a piece on my horses. We'll rinse them off, put them up. And we might've went and ate lunch and we get back and Jake's like, you want to rope some more? Like, yes, sir. I do. So we saddle them up again and ride them again. I get, I bet my horses got 30 a day, every day, both of them. So I, I love watching baseball. Like that, that's the only sport I really like to watch. And Jake was like, hey, I've got us tickets to go watch Madison pitch. It was a spring game or something. And I was like, man. He said, we can do that or we can go to the 12th slide at Dynamite. And I'm like, well, how much does the slide pay first? He's like, man, I think it pays pretty good. So I'm like, man, that's going to sound stupid. I, I feel like I have to go to the slide. <laughs> like, right. I'll be honest, Jake, I don't have any money. I need to make, so let's go win some money. So I go over there and I win like a couple thousand maybe. Just, yes, like now, now we're rolling. So so then we go to, they have a Verde Vaquero ride out there. And uh, they had a jackpot out there, um, BFI rope, and they called it. It was, uh, you if you win, you, you get your fees paid for the BFI. And it was like, they take like, I don't know how many teams, but it worked out good because I had to pre-enter. So I had sent my fees off like a long time ago. And so I wasn't worried about that. I was like, oh, my fees are already paid. You know, we're good here. So we go over there and Jake and I win it. We win like 3,500 maybe a man and get our fees paid at the BFI. So I'm now I'm feeling good. Like I'm like, now we're, now we're doing good. So then we go to, uh, back to dynamite to the slide. And I win it again, and I don't know how much it paid this time, but I ended up, when we got to Oakdale, I had 8500 cash stashed away in my trailer. We went to three ropings, and we won first place every time. And I'm thinking, like, we'll never lose again. Yeah. Like, we're going to win every time. But what the funny part was, I had 8500 on me. I had no money in my... I still had... 800 maybe five at this point in my account and my truck payment was due pretty quick so i told jake just joking around at oakdale i said hey if you don't care let's get a little bit in this day money i gotta pay my truck payment 
you know, and sure enough, we placed in the round and, and won some money and I paid my truck payment. Everything was good. Yeah. But, you know, I, I told my dad about it and, and I'm really close with our pastor from home. I said, you know, I don't feel like we can get, I don't feel like God can get what he wants out of us until he puts us in a tight spot every now and then. Then you really see, like, it's easy to get mad and it's easy to throw a fit, but it's out of our hands, man. You, you know, like, we, this is a very small part of our whole life. Like, it's not a big deal. Everything's going to be all right. But it's hard to have that mindset, you know, and that's been great for me. Like, roping has helped me become a way better person because, like, sometimes you just got to be like, hey, it's going to be all right. If, if I need something... God's going to provide. I don't know how he's going to do it. I'm either going to win or something's going to happen. But we're going to have what we need, right. you know. And and that that helps me a lot just because when it when it gets hard or when you know like hey, I don't know why this is hard right now. I don't know why this is going on, but I know there's a reason and it's going to get better. It always does. But I think that's a hard it's also the hardest thing to do is to just almost relax and just realize it's all right. Yeah, well, we want to feel like we're in control, right? Yeah, and we're not, not at all. We're we're just until we until we give up control. That that's when we're gonna fight it the most. Like once we finally just say, "Hey, you know, it's out of my hands." That's when I feel like we really start living, and and that's crazy, but it's a well, or, it's a hard way to think. But I think that that's what works for me, and and with my faith, that's 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 what helps me more than anything. And I, I, I love it because it's like, well, you can be in the moment. Yes. And realize whatever it is, like, hey, I mean, you, you've had some amazing opportunities. Right. And how old are you now? 27. 27. I mean, you're young, you know, and you yeah. roped with, got to rope with Jake, got to rope with Matt Sherwood, got to go yeah. with Luke, you know. So you've got these great headers. And then you get to rope with these young, talented yeah. headers like Jeff and, and Levi. And you, so you've got like... But you get to enjoy actually yes. the the journey with each of these guys because, dude, it's it's hard. <laughs> I mean, it's I, so hard. What's been the hardest spot in your roping career? Man, I'll tell you honestly. Before before my career really got started, I was in college, and I was healing, and I could not catch. I didn't rope good at all. I, I always wanted to come to Tarleton to go to college, but I'm glad I didn't because I didn't rope good enough, you know? So I had a lot of learning to do before I even got to the point where I could come down here and jackpot. Yeah. You know? Um, so I was in college. I was, it was my junior year, I think. And I was, I don't remember who I was roping with, but I decided I was going to quit healing. I was going to be a header. I mean, that's a terrible idea. I don't head that good. Right. But I thought, you know what? I can head with these guys. I got this. Which the college rodeos were pretty simple. You know, you go catch the steer and turn them. So I borrowed a head horse of my buddies. He was a really good horse. Like, scored every time. Just medium plus speed. Didn't ever overrun him. If he didn't have to run, he wouldn't. Like, he was just a good horse. And uh, the very first rodeo we go to... I ring the barrier out. Okay, so backing up a little, I I can't wait to do this because I've had it done to me so many times. Like the header will be like, here, hold my horse. I'm going to go watch the start. Oh, yeah. So I'm ripping with Tad Sheets, and I when as soon as I get 
up there. It's like my saddle's on fire. I'm like, jump off, hand him the reins. Hey, I'm going to go watch the start. Take my rope with me. Yeah. And I climb up there on the hill box, and they've got like a pipe fence. And then it's like there's a butt bar welded in it, like to keep it off the fence. So I watch a few, and I'm like, I don't really know what I'm watching, but I feel like I got it. Yeah. So I step down off the fence, and I hang my toe on the butt bar and go face first in the head box. And it might have been Schmidt or somebody, <laughs> Colton. He went to school up there by where I did, and he's like, man, maybe the same for you. Yeah. And, uh, so then I, I, I back in there, and I ring the barrier out. Everybody, yeah, yeah. So I hang it on him. Hickey the right horn. And I'm thinking, it's coming off. It doesn't come off. My healer nails him naturally. Go to the next rodeo. Ring the barrier out. Hickey the right horn. I'm like, I've never hickeyed a right horn in my life. Like, I haven't even headed that many steers to hickey a right horn. And I ended up uh, placed in a couple rounds. I waved it off the right in the short round at one of them, which in my mind, if I wave it off the right, I'm a real header. Like, only real headers wave it off the right. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. I can live with that. If I halter the nose or wave it off the right, I feel like the real deal. You know, so yeah, that's yeah. almost like a pump-up deal for me. Like, that means I'm doing it right. So... my heading career was short-lived it lasted a couple months and then i was like you don't head good like you need to stop this and so but that was i I remember thinking like man i don't own anything i have i own a saddle and i'm riding my dad's heel horse (laughs) i'm driving my dad's truck my dad's trailer i don't own anything what has roping got me like i'm not i don't I'm not doing good. I'm not making money. I'm only losing money. Like it it was so aggravating for me because I worked so hard trying to get better. And I got to a point where I just, I wasn't any good. Like you're, you're just questioning why. Yeah. And it drove me insane because I'll be honest. I feel like I think about healing just as much as anybody else, maybe more. Right. It bothers me. Like last night I, I rode my best horse and roped the dummy and he was so tired, and I felt so bad for him. I did, I do now. Then I was kind of mad, like, hey, if you're going to get by, <laughs> we're going to work. Yeah. And he probably needed it because you got to ride him a lot. But at the same point, it's like, man, why Why would I do that? Like, that's the best horse I've ever had. Why, why would I be out here roping the Demi at 1030 at night? Like, and I, And what's really bad, I live right on the road, so... I know the people are driving by. They're like, oh, they don't, they're not wondering why my lights are on. They saw it. They know why the yeah. lights are on. Like, they're like, yeah, you better rope the dummy, dude. Like, it, Everyone in Stevenville, let's go back yeah, to the rodeo. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I forgot. Well, I mean, I'm one of them. I, I drove yeah. by. I'm like, Everybody does. Yeah. Like People that I don't know that well are like, hey, man, I seen your arena. I'm thinking, man, this is a little weird. Like, there's people that honk every time they go by, no matter what. Clay Tryon told me he's going to honk no matter what time of day it is. So that's fine. Yeah, there's a. I mean, I'm used to it by now. Yeah, but it's just everybody know. I can't hide from anybody. Yeah. I, I had people the first day I had steers in my arena. Somebody was like, "Hey, I heard a, I seen you over there the other day. You had one laid down. You had a steer laid down in the arena." And I'm and what was bad is I couldn't. I was like, "Well, what time was it?" Because that had happened more than one time that day. I had one that wouldn't pin, and he was fresh, and he was really small. Like I'm just trying to be easy with it. And then I would just end up just trying to drag it to the pen and it would just lay down. Yeah. And so I'm like, man, this is kind of bad. I don't know what time I just, I was actually going on. It could have been any time of the day, honestly, yeah, <laughs> if you want to yeah. know. What, what time? Just what trying to run my steers through by myself. It shouldn't be that hard. But 
Well, man, uh, what about the mental side of things? You know, going into it, uh, when you and Zach, you started repping with Travis trying, right? Yeah, well, I roped with Jesse Stipes in the winter. Okay. After Zach and I quit roping, he was going to rope with Wesley, and uh, Jesse needed a partner, so him and I started roping together. Okay. And then it's Travis trying all year, yeah. which... We roped until Cheyenne, I think, and then we came home. Right. Okay. So that was 16, right? Yes. 16. Your first NFR qualification was 18. 19. 19. 19 and 20. Okay. So you've grinded it out pretty good for, for those few years. And, man, like, there, there's just some times where it's like, it's weird. Like, rodeo, I, I don't know why. Do you want to talk about your second round at Cheyenne with Travis? I, I remember it really closely. You can tell me no, but... That was the first one. That Was that the first year? Yes. I thought... That um, was the first round to win. Uh, I yeah. felt like we were going to be four. I, I mean, I don't know what it looked like, but it felt like we were going to be so fast. Yeah. That's why I asked if I wanted to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I, it was... Travis and I get along good. We're buddies. Okay. Um, I can only tell you, like, how I saw it. And yeah. And I was right there, but it was... You drew the one you wanted to draw, yes. always at Cheyenne. And he headed him fast. He got there. He's staring, going nowhere. He turns yeah. him. And then I don't know what happened, man. I You followed I, him to the wall I and circled not, him back like, up the arena. I got... I was I was trying not to haze the steer. Right. And my horse wasn't that fast. Yeah. So I am I come smoking to him. And right when I get there, he turns. Yeah. And I'm just like... I missed the boat. Like, I was just by him, but I thought... I'm fine. We're still going to be six right here. Still win the round. Still win the round. Like, yeah. take one over him and heal him. Well, then I just couldn't. Like, I don't know if my horse slipped in the turn or what, but I just could not get there. Yeah. And right when I did, right when I got there, he was getting to the wall. So I got him, like, on the swing and just barely caught a right leg. And, oh, my gosh. I wanted, I was so mad. Well, this is what sucks about this situation is Cheyenne's not – I don't know if they're how they're going to do it this year. Yeah. Uh, but the last year, how they run it, it completely changed the rodeo. Yes. And I don't know if it's good. I, I did good there, and I still wasn't that yeah. excited because Cheyenne, normally, you go to the rodeo knowing there's 50 bad steers out of yeah. 150 teams that don't even get a chance. Yes. You, you're you literally just done. Right. And then another 50 steers are pretty tough to get by but you, but can, you can catch the them. first round they're pretty good yeah. second round it gets a little strong and then there's going to be probably five steers that are yeah. really really good and there's one or two there's one that's amazing and that's the one that i had and yeah. got a leg <laughs> and, and and then on top of it going to cheyenne there's this there's this feeling like I'm one steer away from changing my summer. Cause, exactly. Because the go rounds exactly. pay what, like sixty five hundred, yeah, seventy five hundred bucks. A lot. So you, I've never won a dollar there. I don't know, <laughs> but it, it's, it seems like a great idea. Yeah. Well, it's like you're one loper away, and it's yeah. It, you just think, oh, I can catch the loper, and I can easily sixty five hundred, and then yeah. Then all you gotta do is knock two down, and you get a big average Damn, check. You're gonna win a lot, yeah, and or you might even win the rodeo yeah. if you draw one of them. And so you get that steer and that chance. And, and man, what's what's tough about it is like, I mean, how, I, I'll, I'll be honest, how your header acted was pretty embarrassing for me yeah, to see. Yeah. I was, I was, I don't remember being upset watching anyone rope yeah. except for that run. And, <laughs> and so I was like, I'm looking at you and I'm like, man, 
that's got to be so hard because I know yeah. you're trying and I, yeah. you have, I mean, you're, you're like, you got, yes. you know, this is, you had a decent, I had just, I had just, uh, roped the leg and the short round at Salinas too, maybe fifth callback. Right. He run all the way to him, steer run hard. He hickeyed a horn and, uh, like tried to get it to come off and it didn't come off. And so I thought like, man, I, I'm just going to try to catch him for sure. And yeah. then we can pull it off of there. And, uh, I tracked him around there. And almost the same that happened at Cheyenne. Like I got a little behind and I couldn't get there and I roped a leg just too far away. Yeah. And uh it came off, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course it came off. Yeah. I roped the leg. And uh and then same thing at Cheyenne, man. I just got just got beat. Yeah. And, and then it's like and I didn't even see, like in the arena, I was upset with myself. I didn't even see what went on. I heard. Yeah. I but was, it was I heard later on, which was good because you know, you don't want to when you're already mad and it's just like, I mean yeah and I don't really want to like get into this in like a negative manner yeah. but to me like I want to go into the psychology of like this is happening to you yes I think this devastates most healers yes especially in their situation in their yeah. life like if you tie roping steers and roping for a living to your personal yeah. uh, worth I think those two steers would have wrecked Yes. Most healers and maybe even made them where they don't believe they can win. Like, yeah. Like, or just retired. Well, that, that went from, we had $12,000 won. We had nothing won. Right. I mean, if I catch those two. It's, you guys already have a chance to make the We have a finals. chance to make the national final. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? It goes from, from I'm going home until to like, hey, we've got a chance. Like, we got to go now. Yeah. But that's just part of it, man. I mean, it's it's aggravating, but... What what's hardest on me is like if I if I get say I'm high callback or even third callback anymore if you're top five callbacks you've roped great that day yeah and you deserve to be there if you make it all the way through a roping and then mess up it's so hard because it's like we've done all this my partner has gutted his horses we have worked so hard yeah. and then I let us down like that's hard on me right but. I feel like my headers know I want to catch yeah, just as bad as they do. You know what I mean? Like no matter what, I'm trying. And that's what I always tell everybody. They'll be like, man, I'm sorry. So hey, as long as you didn't do it on purpose, we ain't got a problem. I'm not mad at you. Don't right. apologize to me. You know, I'm pulling for you too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's, not, it's not a big deal. Everybody's trying hard. We're, we can't, as, as fast as roping is now, you can't take a, just a hundred percent shot. You have to try something crazy. Every it's not gonna go on very often, yeah. and that's fine. But when it does, I have to catch two feet. That's what's so hard for me about healing is like, like headers are gonna miss. They're gonna miss a lot. They have to throw in the barrier pops. Yeah, they're not gonna be in the same spot every time. I'm gonna be in the same spot every time and still maybe not catch. Yeah. That's what's so hard for me. Like to, to. Just realize, hey, you're gonna miss. But don't panic. It's all right. Like you're fine. It's not a big deal. So, missing those steers, did you go home right after that? I did. Uh, I actually caught my first one at Deadwood and uh, turned the second one out and just went home. Right. Yeah. Um, so, how do you? Because at this point, you, you work at it hard. Yes. You've, and you've been working at it hard for years. <laughs> yes. 
how do you not try too hard and break yourself down? Because I already, I already know you're going to go home. It's going to be, it's probably still eats at you today, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but there's, there's, there's just those steers. Yes. That, that the, there's going to be a bunch of them. Yeah. And how do you not try too hard when you go home? So like, I, I don't want to call it over practicing, but you know, like, this is the only way I can describe it for me. I, this is why I do it. If I've wrote bad at a roping, I take that bad practice or that bad reps that I'd made in competition yeah. to practice. And I'm, I'm mad no matter what. I'm mad if I'm catching. Yeah, exactly. I'm mad if I'm missing. Exactly. I, I, I either miss because that's that's a hole in my game or <laughs> I go catch them all and I'm pissed because I missed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, and that's what I call like trying too hard. When I'm in that mindset, I'm now trying too hard. Right. Like, I'm trying to fix things that are not, they don't need fixing. Yeah. How do you look at that spot because that, that has to probably be one of the all-time lows yes in well and what's hard so it's, this is how messed up my thinking is so luke and i haven't caught we haven't caught a steer last night we was nine three because i roped the leg so he we've had we've kind of drew on the stronger end of him had to just go at him and we haven't made any good runs yet and Last night on the way home, I thought, you know what? If he had turned me every steer, I probably wouldn't have caught him. You know, I didn't catch tonight. This wasn't that hard. You know, so it's almost like, dude, you haven't even rode bad. You've you've got by and and got a leg on one steer. And now you're mad because you think the last few you was going to miss them too. Like you have no proof. Like what? And and I went to the roping yesterday at Stephenville and, and I felt like I wrote pretty good. Not just awesome, but. Par, you know, like yeah. we'll take that. I'm not going to be mad about that. Yeah. So, like last night, I, I will. It's safe to say, I worked too hard, but I was mad at myself. Like I was mad at my horse for one, but Billy Jack kind of talked me off the ledge. We sent him the video, and he said, "Hey, he kind of slipped. Pet him. Don't be mad at him. That's yeah. a good horse. Don't be mad." So, I'm like, I'm still going to ride him. So I got home and I rode him. And then when I got my horse tired to where I felt like I was going to go start going backwards, that's when I got on the ground. And I'm like, I'm going to wear myself out. And when I got done, <laughs> I got into the barn and I just stood there and leaned against the fence because I was too tired to walk to the house. Like I was at that point, I was like, man, I can't pick my arm up. My hand hurts. I just, I don't even want to go in the house. I don't want to give myself the satisfaction. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So it's like... But at the same time, I feel like that's what makes you better. Yeah. Like, you can't be okay with that. Like, when you know, and it's hard because I didn't get in a great spot. If I get in a great spot, I should catch. But that's why I'm so big on roping the dummy on the ground. Like, if if I go to rope the dummy on the ground and I still mess up, then I know... I'm, I've got something messed up, I've, something with my swing or my delivery or something ain't right. But if I mess one up and then I go rope the dummy on the ground and I feel good about it, then it's like, okay, I just got to a bad spot. And that gives me a little bit of sanity right. about the whole deal. So so that's kind of what, what I go back to. Like reasonably yeah, evaluating. Like I have to figure out why. Yeah. It drives me insane. Yeah. Especially when people are like, man, I don't know. I just missed. Like, no, something happened. 
There's a reason why we missed, and I want to know why. I don't want to blame anybody. I don't care. If my header misses, I feel like I should have put him in a better spot for him. I'm not one to, to pass the blame. But when I mess up, I want to know why. Like, right. if my header tells me, like, hey, man, I missed my dally, or I, I feel like my horse got weak, then I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. Like, if I lost a leg or something, like, Healers appreciate when headers say that. <laughs> you yeah. know, people don't realize it, but it's like, hey, okay, thank you. Now I'm not gonna go home and beat myself up. Like now yeah. I'm still mad, but I, I understand that that stuff happens. So I think that's what helps me mentally is when I can figure out what's going on. Like when I feel like I've got a handle on it. And I think that's also the hardest thing. Because sometimes you're just you're just gonna mess up. Yeah, I mean, that's it's probably the hardest thing about it is there's usually one run yep. and then a lot of downtime. It's like it's like telling a basketball player or a baseball player you get a swing or shoot one time. Yeah. And then, and then you get, don't get to anymore. Yeah, and then you get to watch your run on your iPhone. Yeah. And you can send it to, you know, people that you trust and you can figure out why you missed that yeah. jumper or didn't hit that ball. Um, but what's, what's odd to me is like, I'm, I think I'm the opposite of like, I, I usually know, right. When I miss, right. I got a pretty good idea why. Yeah. And, and then I watch it. And if it is, I don't think about it yeah. uh, again. If I know it's a mistake that I don't make, like right. I know how to correct it. And yes. so I never worry about it. But when I do start getting, upset is when there's a black spot in the rug yeah. and i'm like why did i throw my rope right there that made no sense <laughs> yeah. right um, do you try to look at it like those things like well i mean last night's a perfect example yeah i, I mean we're talking about it. i feel like it's real fresh on your mind so yeah. it's like what you've been thinking about but you know next week you let's say you've how many more rodeos you got to go to this week you got one tonight uh, one tonight and i think that's it we're we're done after tonight are you going to think about this run after next weekend. You I'm going to try not to. Right. So I, I think that there's runs like that that can eat at you. Yes. When you know like, hey, I made a mistake. Yeah. Um, but this one probably isn't anything. I, I, I look at it no. like this. Like how could you going into that situation if you know what's going to happen yeah. now? I don't know what. What, what would you change? Well, I, I was in a good spot. I was in a great spot. Yeah. And all of a sudden I wasn't right. And my horse tried, but we just couldn't get, he couldn't get back to the inside fast enough, not to be three, you know? So I'm like, well, I can't really be mad at him. Yeah. If I could talk to him, I would tell him what I, how I feel, but he's not going to, I can tell him all I want. He doesn't yeah. care. He can't hear. He just wants me to feed him, you know? So like, I think that's like you said earlier, when, when you get to that mind frame and, and you're that upset and you mess up, use it. Like, I don't care what time of day it is. A lot of people get up really early. I don't get up that early. I don't have, I don't have anything to do when I get up. I can go feed the horses and clean my pens and and do something. But then I'm gonna still have to sit around all day. It doesn't matter when it hits me. If I feel like I need to run them, like last night, I told Brittany, I said like I'm sorry, but will you pull the dummy for me? Right. And, and like, I don't care if we run it out of gas. Like, 
we're just until I fall down. Yeah. Like we're gonna work like we're gonna fix this right now. Not tomorrow. I don't wanna sleep on this. Yeah. And it still was hard for me to go to sleep. But I felt like I, I, I did something and I and I at least made myself work at it. Well, yeah, you're you're being proactive to yeah. the situation. Yeah. And you're proactive about where your rope and career is going and you're trying to control as much of it as possible. Right. right? Because at the end of the day, that's it's a sport that I don't know will be perfected, but um, the well, what's tough about it is the better you everyone ropes as a whole, the yeah. tougher they make the situation. Yes, like setting barriers at two over on strong cattle, where there might be a twenty percent catch ratio on these steers with a hundred right. the best guys in the world. Right. Well, that's what you're up against every it's, time. Yeah. So you've got like. You've got that working against you. So there's probably never going to be this no. spot. They're going to make... And, and then if they do like make it easy, yeah, it gets so fast. Oh, it's so stupid. Lightning yeah. Aguilera will be two. Yeah. Him and Dustin. Yeah. It'll be two seconds. I mean, and like you said, the, the better you get, the harder the situation. I honestly think, and this is the biggest misconception that I had in my mind, the better you get, the harder it gets. Like, it when I was... 14, 15, I, I would rope after school, you know, and I would go to the amateur rodeos and I would catch. And it was great. Everybody had fun. My mom and dad took me to the rodeo. We yeah. had a big time, you know. We went a little family trip, went to the rodeo, got some two-footers and went home. Everybody was happy. I didn't have to rope that much. I had to go to school, you know. Uh, now, I don't feel like I can rope enough. Right. And... No matter what, I feel like I should catch two feet because there's guys that do no matter what. So now it's like, and I'll, everybody always thinks like, I know I did. Like, man, if I can ever make it one time, it'll just be easy. No. Then it's almost harder. Like, then it's like, now I don't want to miss it. Now I want to be back every year no matter what. I, I Now I see what the opportunity is like for getting to be there and you know just from a financial standpoint like you, you can pay for your whole year right there and so it's like man now if this is what i'm gonna do like i have a wife to take care of you know which she works too and she provides but at the same point i take it upon myself like i have to take care of all this stuff this is on me i need to get there no matter what it don't matter if I have to ride my horse to the rodeo. I'm going to do the best I can to make the finals so I can, which I'm realistic. I know there might be a time when I'm, when it might not happen. And right. I mean, that would be devastating, you, you know, just for your confidence. But at the same time, oh, well, life goes on. But it, it's still like now it's almost to a point where it, where you expect to like you said, your expectations. So, yeah. so it's just, it almost puts everything into perspective. Like, Hey, there might be a chance that it might not happen. Well, but it's just part of life, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's what's so hard about, um, the top tier of roping. Um, because you look at it like, well, I, I'm, I'm an eight healer. For example, I enter a 13 rope and right. basically got to catch four steers to win something. Right literally just four <laughs> clean runs and a 13 is a pretty high numbered rope yeah. and like i mean it start yeah. usually starts at eight is the lowest number right and 13 decently yeah almost tough roping. yeah the it's, guys it's, rope a lot yeah the they, guys spend a lot of time roping but then when you get to the opens 
it's like, well, the U.S. Open the other day. Um, it was the hardest setup to score. The Ever. arena is short. The steers are big and strong. And then they pay five monies. Yeah. I think Clay Smith and Jade Corkill made five very good runs. Yes. Or maybe it's 600, 500. I don't know. They they caught every steer yeah, really Yeah, faster good. than everybody else. <laughs> and they didn't win anything, right? The, yeah. the Clay and Jade, they're one or two out of the money, and they're like eighth call or seventh call, and they make a really good run in the short round, and everyone catches behind them yeah. and beat them. And it seems like when you watch them make a run, it should be faster. Like yeah. It's like, man, they, they were faster. Like the, those guys... The, the way Clay puts it on him and puts him on the end of it, man. and Jade catches every time. Yeah. It, it just seems like those guys win every time. But then that just gives you some perspective like, hey, those guys didn't rope fast enough today. Yeah. Well, I watched him run one steer, and he runs so fast. Yeah. I don't remember what round. Maybe the first round. Because <laughs> honestly, after the first or second round, I lost interest because, I, I like I said, I wrote two out of eight. Yeah. And my guys would not miss. They kept turning them. But it was like, you know, I watched those guys, and anymore it's sad. Like, you, you go seven on the first one, and you're like, I got to do something. Yeah, we got to like, start making it happen. Like, in my, the way I think about it, like, man, I'm going to have to pick the steer up faster to give my guy a faster throw. Like, I'm going to have to get up there and set it up faster for my header. Um, but that's what's crazy. You have to be so fast now. And, and on that setup, that was nearly impossible to catch the steer. Yep. And not because it wasn't a good roping. It was just tough conditions. And the guys that won, they deserve it. Yeah. And, and that's, so you've got this factor. Of, <laughs> this is the talent level. Now yeah. you're against at the highest level. Your expectations are to beat them yes. every, every time because we yep. don't want to drive somewhere and expect to lose. No. And the win percentages are pretty low in roping anyways <laughs> exactly. compared to compared to our catch percentage, right? right? You know, you, you catch, if you healed 100 steers in a day, you yeah. probably expect to catch 100 steers. Yeah. Might not happen, but it's pretty high percentages, yeah. right? So you've got that. And then on top of all this, now our horses need to be so much better. You can get by yeah. a lot of horses in lower numbered ropes. Yes. But as soon as you put it in the toughest setup with the best guys, right? you have to have freaking real you have to ride your best horse every time almost yeah like it's it's so hard on them but you have to if you want to win yep and and now there's like and then even that's a big jackpot right that's a hundred teamer yes let's say we do a 30 teamer open yeah and now two or three of those top headers are on their backup or second third or four string head horses well those are just as good as most guys first string most people's a string yeah and so you've got those guys on top of it. And and this is what you go against every single day. And right. and it's it's weird because it's like as your roping career progresses, right? You probably didn't jackpot a ton or rodeo no. a ton. Like it was like or you, you usually like guys do one or the other. They right. do they do one more than the other. They either rodeo a lot or uh-huh. jackpot a lot. And then they rodeo and start making finals. And then they start jackpotting and rodeoing a lot. Right. And making money at that level is truly an art like, right i mean there's just some guys that how they do it oh yeah and they've done it for a long time yeah and, and so that's like that kind of going back to you know as you're saying it gets harder as you yes as you get better well that's now the expectations is you want a career in this yeah. of staying at this top level of winning right right and that's where you've got to have that that whatever it is this motivation or drive in you right. to continue to get better and 
you know, thinking about that, like, it's really going to come down to that. Like, you know, yeah. I, and, and I, I believe this, it's weird because Clay, I, it was on the podcast with Clay Trine. He's like, when you get to a real high level, your improvements are real small. Yes. You don't really notice them no. day to day or week to it's week. It's not or something month month. huge that you're going to just feel. Right. But if you do it long enough yeah. for a year or two years of these extra practice sessions, these late night, yeah. whatever, 10 loops on the dummy, 10 perfect loops. Yeah. Over two or three years. Then you're getting somewhere. Four or five years. Now you're like, okay. Yeah. And and I think there's also some things that like they don't factor in because uh, this is a real weird thing. I, I've worked on it. The more I rip the dummy, the more I feel it. And I, for the last couple of years, it's felt like this. But if I get on the, the horns a lot. Right. When I get on my horse, just like you said, you don't think about your swing no more. And so you've kind of disconnected the two and they still work together. Yeah. And I think that when you can make changes in your roping Mm -hmm. without getting on your horse, right? that's when it's, but it just takes so long and it's real clear picture in your mind when you practice. That's why I want to rope so so many times on the dummy. Like I I feel like it might take me a hundred times to feel like I get it. And if it doesn't feel good, it makes me so mad because I felt it yesterday why not today? What is going on? Like it, it drives me insane. And so I'll just rope the dummy and, and that way I don't feel like I'm taking it out on anything but myself. Like I'm not, I don't want to run five extra steers on my horse because I felt like I didn't throw a good loop on the last one. He doesn't, it's not his fault. I need to figure this out on my own, you know? And then if I want to get on him on the dummy the next day and run, you know, best case scenario, you, you know, th- that's fine. But like you said, it's going to take a while. So my horse can't handle all them runs with me. I'm going to have to do this on my own. Right. All right. So kind of last few questions before, before I let you get out of here. But, you know, you've got to rope with a few guys that mm-hmm. uh, early on that were just all-time greats, yeah. right? Like TG is one of the greatest healers of yes. all time. Jake Barnes is one of the best headers. Mm-hmm. Uh was there a moment when you like started picking up on habits of one of these guys or did they say something to you that just really stuck? Like, Hey, this is this change, like, cha- you know, like changes your life. Like right. When you, when you say um, man, whenever I lived with Travis, he kind of just, just the way that he practiced, like I didn't understand, like I could go through practice sessions and catch two feet every time, but he was good about keeping everything moving. Like my horse was tight when I lived with him and he would always, no matter what, only throw when he knew he was going to catch. And I wanted to throw fast. I wanted to throw in the turn and well, that's great. But then you go somewhere and you need to take one more swing and your horse stops. So then, you've run 15 steers in the practice pen for nothing, you know? So I picked up on that from him a lot. And and he told me, you know, I learned from Ricky green. Like I went to Ricky green school when I was really young and you had to get your arm back, get your elbow back healing. And if you watch any of the healers, their elbow is not back. It's forward. Like everything's in front of you. Right. And, so when I lived with Travis, he told me, hey, man, get your hand in front of you. 
and we'd rip the dummy on the ground a little bit. And I didn't want to like get on his nerves and bug him. Like I wanted to ask him a lot of questions, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to bug him. I'm just going to watch. And, but whenever I got my rope in front of me more and I felt like I had more control of it a little bit, like it just felt, I felt more like a healer. You know, before you could get to your delivery yes. quicker without like changing your swing. Yes. Like, so if you think about it, like the further your elbows back, the further the further you have to go from there to the steers legs. Yeah, it, which is I. I totally it was inconvenient, is yeah. what it was. Yeah. And then he he sold me a horse, the Dunn that I rode forever. He had him. I, my horse had got really tight, and he had just got played out. He was sixteen, maybe. Or 15 and I'd rode him from the time well when I was a kid we needed another horse and you didn't go buy a horse like we went to the sale barn and that horse was the high seller that night he was a two-year-old we gave $750 for him and I rode him well I probably started riding him in 2010 or so I rode him when I rode with Zach I rode him I mean we had him since the time from the time he was two years old so that's what I had to heal on, you know. And he got really tight and just kind of just give it up, man. He'd had a lot of runs. And Travis had got the done back. And he said, hey, man, I got a horse. You can ride. And I was like, really? You know? And and I'd never, like, bought a horse. Like, everything we had, like, that bay was the only horse <laughs> that I'd really had. Right. That was a heel horse. I'd bought one for, like, $4,000. And that was a lot. Like you don't spend that much. If you want a new horse, you make one. Yeah. So I got, I rode this horse. I run four steers on the den the night before the wildfire. And he's like, well, you ride him tomorrow. I said, can I run some on him? He said, yeah, I run like four or five steers on him. And I had never felt competitive at the big jackpots because I didn't have enough horse. My horse just wasn't fast enough. And, uh, he, not that he wasn't trying. He just, he just wasn't capable of going we're, that fast. Yeah, we're talking about the Yeah, top I mean the best horses, horses in yeah. the world. Yeah. So I go to the wildfire and I think I caught two feet every time maybe. Zach and I won fourth or fifth, won like five thousand. And I was like, man, like this is awesome. And I remember Junior come up to me that day and he told me, he said, Hey, you need to buy that horse. You can make the finals. And I was like, Are you serious? Like I'd never heard that before. It, it never seemed like, even at that point, like it had never seemed like that was even a possibility. And so then I was like, man, now I have to. All right, so Junior comes up to you. It, yeah. You, it, you just, can make it. Just to talk. I mean, just to yeah. visit. And he's like, man, good job today. You need to buy that horse. You can make the finals. Yeah. And I thought, man, this is crazy. Like, I never really thought, you know, I would even be in that situation. But, that man, that meant a lot to me. You know, just to hear somebody say it. And so then after that, I was like, man, I, I got to, like, take this serious. I got to work at it. And, th and then I didn't. I did all right that year. But, like, I wrote with Travis, and we just had heck, man. We didn't we didn't win nothing. And then I came home and went to the IRA rodeos with Corey Kidd. And, and that was fun just to go somewhere and right. go rope and have fun. And yeah. like, man, I remember why I like doing this so much. So then after that, when I rode with Jake, I was just super excited to get the opportunity. Um, and we did a little bit of good. And I picked up Colton Schmidt in the Northwest and we won a little bit. And uh, 
But then the year after that, like I, I roped with Bubba and I roped with Tate in the winter and then I roped with Bubba and we won like second at the BFI and I didn't, I had like 6,001 when him and I started. It'd be about the same situation I'm in this year. I think I got 5,001 now, but uh, Bubba and I won second at the BFI and then we won Nampa. We won, I mean, we won a f- few pretty good rodeos and uh, we ended up, that's the year I won Pendleton with Chad. Like, it, I mean, it was, I didn't realize I had a chance until after Pendleton. And then I was like 8,000 or 9,000 out. And I'm like, holy cow, like, man, we could get this done. Right. And I wasn't entered that much because we didn't, you know, you subtract 8,000. I ain't got a chance. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, then I'm like right there and not entered anywhere. So I think I got to 65 rodeos and you could go, or 69 rodeos and you could go to 75, you know, so I missed, you know, six shots at winning $9,000, you know, and that's, if you have six shots to win 9,000, you know, most of them pay three grand to win them at least. You got a chance. There's a chance. Yeah. And and then on top of it, it's like, well, you'd have picked a couple more. There probably was yeah. weeks in there where, you know, like a Sykes to in Hermiston yeah. week where maybe you chose one side of the. United States as opposed to doing both, yes. you know, and well, and I honestly, I didn't even go to either. I don't think I went to either one that week. We just, right. Which, and, which Bubba was already in, you know, and at the time I didn't really have much of a chance. So we just kind of went, just finished the year out. And, uh, but, but one thing that really stuck with me going back to your question, uh, when I wrote to Jake, Jake told me at Estes park, he said, Hey, you, you need to find a better header. I've done a bad job. And I said, I will never cut you. Yeah. You're going to have to cut me. Yeah. I don't care how you do it, but I'm not. As long as you'll keep going, I'm going to keep healing for you. And uh, he said, all right. So then we get like later on down the road, like, and we're about to enter for the Northwest. And he said, look, I'm not going to the Northwest. I don't have a chance to make the finals. I'm just going to go home. And I said, well, what should I do? He said, you're never going to get any better unless you finish. He said, you have to go all year, right. every time, no matter what. And I said, all right. So Colton had asked me. So I called him and told him, I told him, yeah, we'll rope. Let's do it. And uh, so that I finished the year out and I'm now I have the mindset, like no matter what, we're going to give it a shot. But, but that made a lot of sense to me. Like, a lot of a lot of guys will go and uh if I don't win I'm not gonna keep going. Right. Well, that's an out right there. Yeah. And that's kinda what Jake was telling me. He said, You can't have a backup plan. If you want to do this, no safety net, all in, no matter what. And I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. Which if if I hear it from somebody like Jake Barnes I mean, that's it. Probably it's true. Be, it means it's true. something. I believe you. Yeah. Uh, you. You know what I mean? You've done it longer than I have. I, I'm I'm going to take your word for it. So that's kind of how I've tried to be more than anything. Like, no matter what, you just got to be all in. And and then, then you have to try as hard as you can. There's no like, oh, I want to rope, but I don't know. So So now it's like, this is my one shot. So, so we kind of, you put yourself in a position where you have to try. Yeah. Well, and, and then little things start happening. Like, well, you 
grew up with Travis Graves. Yeah. And you learn things like, hey, I, I throw fast a lot and yeah. in the practice pen, <laughs> but I need to be able to go the extra yes. swing to keep my horse free because sometimes it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes you just draw yeah. into the right steers that day and your headers scoring great. Mm-hmm. And then really all you got to do is catch. Yes. And and so you like you learn how to win and because you had no other choice. Right. Because you'd missed one throwing fast and you're like, Man, I, I can't let money go. Yeah. Right. And then you get a study. One one steer that that well, it's actually two steers. So the year I with Travis trying, it would have been sixteen. We were clean on three at the BFI. I legged the fourth one, caught the fifth one clean. I think he might have missed in the short round. We had we had a long callback because I had a leg. Uh, we still won what three thousand for making the short round. Yeah, you get paid so to it make was a short huge round. day. Yeah. I was excited. I thought if I can make the short round, we're we're rolling. Checks so, at the BFI are awesome. So the next year, I roped to Jake. We are clean on three. I roped leg on the fourth one. Catch the fifth one, we end up winning like fourth. We were like seventh callback and made a good run in the short round and won twenty thousand. So Bubba and I, in I guess eighteen. So three years, three, two, yeah, third year in a row. This is the only three times I've been to the BFI in my life, and the first two I've made the short round. So right. I'm I'm like, this is my spot. Yeah. And so we're great on three, great like maybe winning the roping, and the fourth one I thought. I don't care if I got to swing to the fence. Yeah. I'm catching two feet. Yeah. And you can see it kind of on the video. Like I took one more, but you could tell I would have not thrown yeah. no matter what, unless he was good. And I caught him and we ended up winning second. But I was like, you know, just like Clay Tryon said, you know, little things like that, that you work on, you don't see that much improvement. But it took me three years to catch that steer, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and, and you hate to get to a point where you're like, oh, man, fourth round, don't mess up. But at the same point, it, it, at the same time, it's like, well, that's clearly a problem at this roping. I'm a realistic guy. This like, is third time. It's, I can't catch in the this, fourth round. You know, yeah. I'm going to catch this one. I don't care if I got to think, try a little harder on this one or what, but uh, it's just the way it is. And it, it was... That that felt like that felt like a bigger steer to me than the short round, yeah. Because that's the one that I I'd caught before in the other situations, but I hadn't caught in the fourth round yet. Like that, never some, caught one in the fourth round of the BFI. There's some demons to this one. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're slaying dragons. So that was that felt like a big win for me just to get through the roping. Hey, do you remember what you? I, I remember talking to you after. Tell you, you like congratulations or something, and I don't know how we got talking. You remember your wife. Is, I think it was your wife brought you some chicken strips. Yeah. Which you, do you remember this? I didn't eat them before I roped. I'm sure. Well, yeah. Like you told me, hey, yeah, man, my wife she brought me some chicken strips, and I'm like, hey, we're we're eating beef today. You need to go up there and get me a hamburger. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that come from, I don't know. Uh, Bubba's wife said that he told me this, but I can't remember. But he said you don't eat chicken on game day, and I had missed like, I don't know. I had had heck or something, and I was like, yeah, I'll eat chicken right after I throw my hat on the bed, yeah. put a yellow shirt on. Like, yeah. it's, it's a I'm not just extra superstitious, but I'm not gonna chance it. Like, why would I, why would I try it? Like, all right, I dare you, make me miss this one. No, it's hard enough. 
if like can you imagine missing the fourth steer after you've ate some chicken strips i would never eat chicken again yeah in my in my life i would not eat before i did that i mean it's straight up steak (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) oh that was that was an awesome day though i was it was so it was so cool just to because i remember i'll never forget i was sitting in the tunnel watching high call and Cade Pasek healed that one amazing. Chris blew the bear. Out oh my too. gosh! I and he broke out. and the steer hit and got like funny, and Cade just pulled it back down and took one more and nailed him. And I thought like I was sitting back there, Clay and Paul were right there, and like we, I didn't know how fast they was. Right. I was like couldn't tell, uh, but man, it was uh, that I've watched that roping. I mean. Nearly every day of my life when I was a kid. Yeah. We have, I don't know how many BFI tapes my dad has. And like I said, whenever we needed to work on something, we put the BFI in and watched it. Because that's the only the only time we saw it, you right. know, other than the NFR. And I feel like that's pretty unrealistic. Yeah. I mean. We, <laughs> we don't need to try what those guys are doing on there. Especially like just guys that are just wanting to jackpot and stuff like If you try that every time, you're never going to get a dally. Yeah. <laughs> it will just... it. It's not good for your horses no, either. No, it's it's hard on everything. Yeah. You know, that's not realistic practice. Like yeah. w- that's why we practice for that one time of the year. Yeah. You know, we don't do that every yeah. time. It's just some a, guys probably do, but well, it's just such a different feel in a yeah. short box steer time fast. But you get your horses just leaving. Well, all right. Last question then, because that's a man. That was a big pressure situation right there. Yeah. You know, you know backing in at the finals. I thought you had some big. You know, some big moments this year. Your, your guys' yeah. NFR was weird to me this year. Yeah, so it I, was weird. It I, was I, weird. I won't, I won't talk about both these, but um, I, I won't remember it all the way because there's just so much going on during the finals. But going into the NFR, like you guys you guys placed in six rounds yeah. and one second in the average, right? Yeah. But it was – I don't know at what round. It was like six or seven. The average has fallen apart. Yes. And – you guys missed one steer, maybe. Uh, yeah, we had it was on it was on pink night, whatever night that was. Okay. Um, the steer, I remember he stepped left and kind of kind of like had a head trip, kind of rolled his head back, and Jeff went at him a little bit, and it just came off, like had it on him, and it, he just popped it off. Okay, so you guys, it's it's odd because I, I just remember was it round eight that you guys really started like. Kinda. Maybe uh, there was like two, I know there was two runs in there where you guys were so safe in your run, right two was yeah it two or three we we just caught the last one we yeah. just went and caught right if I caught the steer I won fifty thousand if I caught clean yeah but you so, healed the last one like it was well, pretty aggressive that right? was pretty aggressive and I didn't I didn't intend for it to be like that but I felt like that was a good shot the steer was good yeah and I was like. Don't it. overthink it. Like, yeah. don't just swing around the arena. Like, you might win something. And we actually did. We played. We won something in the round. But I think, uh, well, I know the first round we had a strong one. Uh, I roped the leg on the second one. And I think we might have been a little too long to win any money. But we was going to be five, you know, make a good run. And then uh, I think every run other than the one that we missed, every run after that we caught clean. Like, uh might have been the sixth or seventh round. I know we played the one that he whipped his horse to the steer. We placed that was our first check, right? And that was it was deep that into was the pretty rodeo, early right? on. Like that was like maybe that must have been the 
Third round. Third round. And then he, I think the fourth one maybe was Pink Knight. And then from then on, we placed, I think. Well, it's just odd, like, how it... You know, when you're roping at the, at that rodeo, it's it's got to be this weird deal because you want to win early, yes. right? Because it just like takes oh. pressure off. And then, really, for you guys, it looked like it was going bad. Yeah, it, like right. I mean, did it feel like we it could wasn't catch? But it was like that's why Jeff was aggravated, and I don't want to say aggravated, but he was thinking, "Man, we got to win something." Like they're giving all this money away, and I I kept telling him, I said, "Man, I've only been here one time, but I promise." It's going to feel like you're not going to win anything, but we just got to keep times on the board. Right. If we draw a good steer, we're going to win. If we don't, we're going to catch. That's fine. I said, but it's, and if you haven't done it, it, it's hard to understand because it just seems like forever, like three days in a row. If you ain't won nothing on the third day, you're like, man, this is this is stupid. Like, why, why are we not winning? But you got seven days left. You know, you got a whole week of this run one every day. So I just kept telling him like, man, we're going to be all right. Good job. Like even when he thought he took running too far, I was like, Hey dude, you're fine. That was a great job. Like you're doing great. And, and he did a great job. Like he, once we got rolling, it, it felt, it felt like we could catch them all. And that's what I told him. That was my game plan when I got there. If I draw a good steer, we can press. But it's hard enough to catch those steers anyways. If we have one that we're not going to win on, there's no sense in it. Let's just catch him, you know. And a couple of them, he got a great roll and hung it on him, and and it felt like we made some good runs. Um, But that was kind of our game plan. Just, you know, if we have a good steer, let's use them. And if not, let's not take ourselves out of it. Because it's so hard to catch 10. Yeah. Well, and it's just it's just weird because you guys were like, it just kept looking like it wasn't a good NFR. Yeah. It oh, like, yeah. It and, felt like that, too. And it's just like, and then when you're going into round 10, yeah, dude, you got to be pretty nervous, right? Well, I it's mean, like I can either win 40,000 or 90 right yeah, here. Like you, you're, <laughs> you're going from, you're in a situation which is... And this is why I guess I would say it doesn't feel like a good NFR because yeah. you're now in round 10. Uh, and it's not a world title chance really at, yeah. at that point. Like you guys are just for we, money. We had to – I think I – Judd Jackson, he was with me. And, of course, the after round nine, we made – I think we made a pretty good run. We won – we won something good in that round. And uh, he's – I was on the way home and I said, hey, I think we could win it. And he wasn't going to tell me. Yeah. He didn't want to talk about it. And he was like, yeah, you can. There's a chance. So Eric and Peyton had to miss. Yep. Because that would put us first. And we had to win the round. If we won the round and they missed, that put us first in the average. Give us another 20000 That was enough. That was enough. Okay. But I don't think Love One Paul could have done what they did. Well, you guys would have had to win the round. We would have had to win the round. Yeah. And, and Jeff... <laughs> before the 10th one we're at the trailer yeah and he stayed over there and i came home so we i talked to him every night before we went in there and he's like hey what's our plan right here yeah so jeff i'm gonna kill you <laughs> like fifty thousand to just catch like obviously we all want to win the world but fifty thousand, i can't eat you, you know like it, Let's go ahead and just catch the steer. If we have a great steer and it happens, sweet. If not, 
that's all right. Let's make it a good week, you know. Yeah. But he was just saying it just to make me worry about it. I said, you really think there's a there's a chance that you're going to just cock your rope and just bring it over the gates right here? Like, no, we haven't done this all week. Let's just make our run. Right. Just stay with it. Yeah. And, I mean, it worked great. And the, yeah, that's it, the other thing is, like, that run, if you draw the right steer, the right start. Yeah, exactly. Feeling, it's good enough to win win the yeah. go round. It's just now you're in a situation where it, anything that's a steer that's not yeah. really a chance, you still make the week a great week. Yes. In a, NFR, good NFR. And if it was just me, if I wasn't married, if I didn't have a place, if I didn't have a bunch of horses, I would say, hey, let's win the round. Let's go for the world title. That's not the case. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like if I can win 50000 for just catching a steer... Got to take it. I got to take it. I got to. Every time. Yeah. I you mean, know, and that's just part of it. Yeah. I got to, I got to, it makes sense. I had, uh, so I had Nelson Wyatt <laughs> yeah. on the podcast just, just a couple of days ago and um, he was talking to me about it in similar situation. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he's like, you, you got to win the, you got to win the world or you got to go for it. And, and I thought, well, at the end of the day, what it is, is it's like you've got to live with yourself. Yes. And and so you've got to understand like, okay, if I get this 50000 this means yeah. it's extending. Like you've got all your reasons why. It's extending my rodeo career. It's paying yeah. bills. Like wh- whatever it is. Or like Nelson's like, hey, man, how many times you get a shot at winning the world? Yeah. And, and then you think about it from both ways. They make sense. Yeah. But I think... At the end of the day, it's just—it's one of those few moments in your roping career that you get a chance to be. Yeah. Uh, you've got to be able to look yourself in the well, eye and say, and "Hey, this is what I'm doing." If it was a situation where I had to be faster than somebody, yeah. only—if well, I only had to do that—but if those guys caught, if Eric and Peyton caught, which they'd caught every time. Yeah, you're, I'm not gonna. It's really not in your control to no. win the world title either. It's if I only had to be faster or just win the round, and it was a done deal, then it's a different story. But we had like it was a pretty long shot for us. It to, had to go perfect. It had to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, did you guys rope before them? Or yeah, we we roped uh, for two years. No, no, no. Uh, or, in the order you you went. For- we did. We roped before them. Okay, and that so that's the other thing is it's like if I could have watched and and been like if you're last out and you know the <laughs> yeah. whole scenario and, and then, we have the loper like yeah, yeah they, let's they do just, it let's yeah, do it you got but, it but yeah I mean it, it, it's just crazy because it's like uh, I mean you guys stayed with the plan and <laughs> and that was probably the hardest yes I'll be honest I don't think teams stay with the plan like, no like that no. like as soon as that you go out of the average yeah they just you see them guys and you like, spiral down <laughs> rounds pay 30,000 which yeah. is what we're doing we're going well, go rounds my and, my reasoning kind of behind that was we never went faster than 4 or 5 probably right we caught a lot of steers and i told jeff i said look we can't change our whole style for one rodeo it's a great rodeo the best one but that's not how we got here. We didn't get here going four flat. Yeah. We're not going to go four flat there. I can nearly guarantee you. Yeah. 
because I have a part in that. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so why would we get out of our comfort zone when what we're doing is fast enough? Yeah. You know, like I know if we have just an average steer and Jeff gets a good start, we can be four. So, I mean, that's going to win a lot of money. Like when I know first pays 26,000, but I think fourth paid like 11. If you win three 11s, you know, that's yeah. pretty good. And, so, and it's a more, it's a higher percentage. Run, yes. You know, you I feel can, like we can do that more. And then if we keep doing that, then we're going to get paid a lot. Yeah. Where you get the right steers and you get up to the first, you know. Right. But like, that's that's what I kept thinking. I was like, I watched you guys, and I knew when you caught the tenth one, which by the way, there's there's great eel shot there. <laughs> but uh, I was like, man, I I couldn't have done it. I couldn't because oh, just having it all on that where it, I don't want to have to do that. Again. It was all <laughs> it. It just seems like it's so easy for things to go wrong. Oh but, yeah. But that did make sense to me. Like, okay, you're you know bigger arena. It's yeah. a little bit more forgiving to go mm-hmm. catch. Yeah. You know, if your header does miss a very good strong one, well, he can take the extra swings and then get him on yeah. short rope, and then your healer can take care of him. Where at the Thomas and Mac, you it's got a free it. for all. Yeah, you just basically <laughs> you're throwing a couple coils at the bottom end. Snitch can be yeah. a loose rope. Like it would have been just as good luck. Yeah, you know, you just will try to win something in the yes. round. All right. So last question: Was that the most nervous you had been, or what is the time where you're like? the nerves are really going like a, was it the BFI or one of those moments? And what do you do to manage those emotions going into like, take me through the warm up process or the, if it's a short round of the BFI or whatever, how do you try to get yourself ready? So, you know, mentally you're, right. you're locked in. Um, man, like probably the most nervous probably would have been in 19 before the last year before Tate and I in the 10th round. And it was on a lot smaller scale than this year, but it was the first time it had ever happened. So, like, we, if we caught, and this seems kind of silly, but I'd only won, I won 20,000 at the BFI once, and then Bubba and I won, like, 50. Right. But that was all day. Like, you show up there planning on, you know, having a chance at that much money. You think about it all year. Well, this time was at the NFR, 10th round. I had ripped pretty bad leading up to this. And then I got on Billy Jack's horse and started catching. Yeah. And, uh, we were still in the average. We'd only missed one time. And, uh, but <laughs> we had so many penalties. If I missed that one, then we dropped completely out. Right. So we had to catch the last one kind of like this year, but it was like worst case. Like if everybody caught, we was going to win like another 20 some thousand. So about like winning the round. And, Tate told me, he said, this deer checks up. If I score him out there, he's going to, he said, I might wave it off because my horse is blowing. And he said, I'm going to try to get, I'm going to try to nail it. Right. And, and be right there with him and maybe win something in the round. And I was like, I'm going to catch two feet. Yeah, this is. I don't care what happens. I don't care if he falls down. I will climb off and grab his back legs if I have to. Like, yeah. you do what you got to do. You're the boss. I'm just trying to catch two feet. So, I've been thinking about this all day, like yeah. all day. I've never been in the tenth round of the NFR. You know what I mean? I, it makes me excited to know that that night somebody's going to win the world. 
And I'll be honest, I I know that winning the world would be amazing. That's that's the biggest thing you can do. But I also know a lot of people that have won the world. You know, like my father-in-law's got two gold buckles. You know, Jake's got seven, you know. it It's not a cure-all, you know. That doesn't give you... It, it gives you more opportunities, but it doesn't make your life better. Like, I feel like I'm not going to let roping tell me how happy I am. Yeah, you know, yeah. I get that from somewhere else. Roping is Not from roping. Work. Roping is my job. I yep. love it, but it's still my job. So I've never been like, man, I have to win the world. Right. Man, I. it's exciting to get to go to the national finals, to get to rope in the Thomas and Mac or Globe Life, wherever it's at. Like, that's my goal. I want to get to the national finals, and I want to win a lot of money. Like, that makes me happy, you know? So, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a joke. So, I've been thinking about this steer all day. Like, I'm just excited to be in the mix. Yeah. And Tate tells me he's going to get him a downtowner, and I'm like, hey, I don't care if you tear it off the post. Like, I'm going to catch. So, yeah. he breaks the barrier, ropes him. And I take one more, like the steer's loping. I take one more swing, heal him. We're some short of short four plus 10. I look at the guy and I mean, Tate turns him right out of the box. And I'm nearly touching the line judge. And he held his hands up like this and Tate got to the back and he said, man, I'm sorry I broke the barrier. And I said, it's all I could do to not double high five that guy after I undallied. Like I didn't care. What happened? I caught the steer, and then I think somebody ended up missing, and we ended up winning thirty grand on that steer right there. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? We didn't rope great, but we won like seventy thousand. That yeah. was the most I'd ever won. Well, you f- you know figured out. I mean, a fourteen yeah. second run. This is the best fourteen second run of probably your Who life. Who cares? Like, yeah. You just. I don't out have a win. barrier over yeah. there. I caught two feet. I'm good with it. Like, it, and that's what he he was expecting me to be upset when he told me that he was gonna go with him and and i said dude you might get out yeah we might win the round who knows like it doesn't matter to me like if that's what you think you have to do to to give us the best chance like we're not gonna win enough to justify not winning what we could if we just catch the steer so i'm i'm on board what about mentally like do you have a like do you get pretty nervous man before you ride in the box or you the is there a time there where you got to calm your nerves or how do you usually feel in those bigger moments? I just try, I try not to, to watch what's going on. Like I, I am an anxious person, person. I have anxiety. Like I'm, I'm, it's all I can do to chill out. Right. And I don't really show it that much, but I promise the wheels are spinning in there all the time. Yeah. And the the most calm I can get is in the box for whatever reason. Like that's where I feel like I can just calm down and get comfortable. So I just try to not think about anything. All I think about is, Hey, look at the feet. Like, don't, don't worry about what's going on. You can't heal him until this year turns. All you have to do is catch the feet. And I think a lot of people have trouble with that because I, I do too. That's why I tell myself that like, if, if I feel like everything is going fast and we need to be fast, I try to do too much. The only thing I can do is turn in and catch the steer. 
I can't hit him. I can't make him turn faster. All I can do is turn in and heal. And so that kind of calms me down. Like, I know no matter what, I'm not the boss. <laughs> I just have to yeah. heal them when they turn. And I, I just try to keep it simple. Like, just like I said, roping the dummy. Like, I, I want to think that if I get to the right spot, I can catch this deer. So I just want to not get in a hurry, get to a good spot, and just pay attention to what the steer's doing. And that's all I can do. Yeah. Like, be in the moment. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, Focus you kind of have to, yeah. you know, it, there's no other option. You don't want to be thinking about something else. And, yeah. and, and the reason I kind of remind myself like, Hey, watch what the feet are doing. Like sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll mess up and I'll be like, well, I don't even really know what happened. Like what, what am I doing? Yeah. And then I'll think, I didn't even know if he was hopping. Like, was he dragging? Was he hopping? Did he trot? Like, I have no idea. That's pretty much me every Maybe time. Maybe I deal. should pay attention. Yeah, exactly. But but if you don't know, if you can't remember, it's you wasn't good. paying attention. Yeah. You, that's a pretty good indication. Yeah, you get those black spots on the run, and yeah. that's from not being in the moment uh -huh. or focusing on the wrong thing. And that's the hardest thing I think about team roping is is staying in that yeah. mindset. Yeah, I, and I think that's where it's like, well, it comes back to throwing them loops. Being yeah. on the ground, like, hey, what do I got to do to make yes. this this rope work the way I want it to? Exactly. And then you get that down to the point where you don't have to think about it. Right. And it's hard. I mean, it's a oh, hard yeah. process to do, and it's probably never going to feel just perfect. No, I don't think it ever yeah. will. I think I don't think it's ever going to feel easier. And that's why, that's like I said, that's why I do rope on the ground a lot. Like if, if I start doubting it, it's like, no, I know I can catch. Yeah. I did it a thousand times yesterday. I know I can. And, and I think that's why we need to get good muscle memory because when we get in situations like that, we're not going to think about a lot of other things. But I, I promise the only time I've ever thought about money going down the arena was this, this year at the finals on the last one. Yeah. I thought... I was barely swinging my rope, but a lot of times I want to swing too fast. And I thought, Hey idiot, don't swing fast. Yeah. You got to put it on this deer for 50,000. Yeah. And then when he caught, I was just thinking, don't do anything stupid. Just catch the steer. Right. And for whatever reason, I thought throwing on the first jump was where I should, but that's where I felt comfortable. I felt like it, that steer was pretty strong. And if, if Jeff couldn't get coming back that hard, he might lose him a little bit and that that's my biggest fear is 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 the the head horse getting a little weak and the steer going back down the arena and it's easy on those steers to do yeah because they were so fast they, yeah they hit hard they oh, hit yeah. fast it was it was probably the hardest healing that i've ever seen all, <laughs> it all felt that like yeah, it. like it was you're in survival mode yes the whole time um it but yeah i man i it's the craziest thing to think because it's like when you watch that shot, you drilled that one, and I was even like when I when I watched, it, I was like, that was pretty aggressive. I yeah, like, that's the way I felt after Judd. He was down there with me every night, and he said, "I could punch you right now." Yeah, like he said, "What made you think this is where I need to throw?" And I said, "Dude, I have no idea, but I felt like I was gonna catch one I threw right there." So that's what I did. I, I just that's well, what I felt like I needed to do. To me, I always go like. It's I call it like a flow state or in the zone or yeah. like w whatever 
whatever phrase, but when you're in the moment, like when you're cutting it loose, you there was probably no doubt in your mind. No. In fact, you like as you're probably dallying, you're like, that was pretty fast. Like it's probably then yeah. but when you're like seeing it happen it's probably felt like it was in slow motion. Yeah. Right? Is that... Is... Yeah, it, and that's what's crazy to hear somebody talk about because that's the way I think about it. Like, when healing feels the best and simple, it doesn't happen fast. Yeah. Even there, like on that steer, I felt like I run down the arena beside him for eight seconds before he turned. But I was ahead. Like, everything was good. I was ahead of the steer. What's that horse is so fast? Like, he's ahead of everything, sometimes too much. Yeah. But then other times, like, when, when the sit-up's really fast and stuff, it feels like it's out of hand. Like, and, and that's sometimes when you're just having an off day. Like, and you just, that's that's why I work so much on the ground because even if it's going bad, I feel like, I have that to fall back on. Like, I know, like, if I'm roping bad, it's like, well, that gives me kind of, like, a system of checking the boxes. Like, well, was I, did I just lose him or did I, did I set high on the right? Like, well, if I just miss altogether, if I step off and rope the dummy a couple times, I'm like, okay, I was in a bad spot. That feels just like it felt, you know? Yeah. So, like you've been you've been talking about the mental stuff like that's the backbone of this whole deal like if you ain't got that it's pretty hard to a guy will fall apart doing what we do there's there's just so many things that can tear it apart quickly because one steer yeah you you, like for me i nearly had a panic attack last night because i roped a leg for i don't know a couple thousand maybe yeah maybe it does, and I didn't even count it. It doesn't matter. That's not going to get me any closer to making the finals. It just made me mad that I broke the leg. Like that unofficial rodeo. Yeah. And like, but it's it's funny because it's like there's two parts um, when you really like dissect team roping, right? There's the rope and yeah. how it works. There's the horse and the flow of the run, mm-hmm. right? Where your horse has to, you got to put your horse, your horse puts you in a spot where right. you can do your job. Then there's all these variables that happen. And so your your mental game is to handle the variables. You should have enough muscle memory that right. you don't have to think about your rope ever. Yes. I think I think that's one thing to consider is if you're nodding your head or riding out of the heel box and you're thinking about your swing, yeah. You're in trouble. Yes. It's going to be a long way. Well, and that's that's kind of why the, I try to do things the way I do is because I don't want to have to worry about it. You know, I, I want to know without a doubt. And even if I rope and it doesn't feel that good, yeah, I'll go rope the dummy because I'm like, hey, this has to be concrete. Like, no matter what, this is how I do it. And, and it drives me insane because I'll watch videos and stuff and I'll see something with my swing and I'll be like, I didn't do that on the dummy. Yeah, I need to rope the dummy more, right. you know, like, and I'll pull it out the back of the truck and we'll get after it. Like, but I think for me, that's healthy yeah. for, for some people. It might, it might not be the right route, but for me, I have to stay on. I feel like that's what I have to do to stay on top of it. So that's just what I do. Yeah. It's like knowing, uh, for me, like what it feels like is, you know what your rope, you want it to do. Yes. 
is it doing that? If it doesn't do that, we have a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but man, that's that's why I love to hear it because the, the mental game is so it's so tough. Yeah. You know, you got to be in the moment, just like you're saying, and it's it's this weird variable that gets guys all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think if Ropen's looked at in those three pieces, the mind, the rope, and the horsemanship. Yeah. And, and the horse is probably another aspect. You could say uh-huh. it's the fourth piece, but that's really, do the hor- does the horse have it or not? Yeah. Or can I ride my horse to the best of his ability? Because those two things, like, that's where team roping is different than, like, barrel racing. Right. You can put a great rider on a horse that's not fast enough, and they're still not going to win anything. Yeah. Uh, and they can do their job really, really correctly. Right. So team roping, uh, that's not a real thing. Like, there's, yeah. I can name one header that is not on elite horses that is kicking everybody's butt and can duck them back. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's quite a few guys like that, but they got to be – there's all these things that have to work. Yes. And one or the other is going to be out of balance almost all the time. Right. So it's like you yourself have to manage as much of it as possible right. and then be able to call on it whenever needed because mm-hmm. you're going to be tired, because you're going to do that. And I – and I, man, that's this is why I love doing this podcast. I appreciate you coming on today, just being real truthful because it's like, when you do rope and you're tired and you go work at it and you're tired and yeah. still do your job. Well, how many times this summer are you gonna throw your rope and be tired? Yeah, probably, probably a most d- of them. Yeah, like 40 percent. Over of the, the time. fourth every time, yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there's gonna be about fifteen times for ten days you're gonna throw your rope tired. Yeah. And you're going to be drained, and then you're going to have about two days to recover. And you're and probably going to be mad. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be real mad to real happy. Exactly. Like you're going to think, man, do I need to be medicated for how yes. how much it's going up and down? But no, man, I I think there's just so much to understand that, and I love the I love the outlook of, hey, it's it's just roping. It's yeah. not it's not my whole life like my well-being doesn't depend on it you just love what you're doing yeah my my wife doesn't deserve it for me to take it out on her yeah it's not her fault i didn't catch you know so so to me like and and i'm getting better but i'm trying to turn it off like when i get when i get in the house i promise i'm still thinking about healing yeah but i'm not going to talk about it to my wife you know what i mean like we we have a life other than this we this is all we do but this is not all that matters in life. I I did this the other day, and I think it was a, a big thing for, for me to get it. Is I've said this, and I think I've said it too many times um, to myself or people, but I, I don't think heading or healing, I had missed a steer for more than a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. Like a short rounder in my whole life. <laughs> I, 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 well, I took that back. I, I could really think hard. I roped a leg when I was young to win a trailer yeah. from like 15th or 18th call. And then I'd missed a big steer at a World Series, fin- not the finale, but a big World Series rope in right. Arizona, like a top five call. But those are the only ones I, I, I'm sure I have, but in my yeah. mind, I hadn't, I've only missed those two or, you know, like, right. there's very few times, right? And then uh, I missed one at, uh, at the U.S. Finals, seventh high call, rope yeah. the leg. And we're going home. My wife, her friend have been there all day um, hanging out with us. And I'm like, I can act like an ass. Yeah, and like I feel, I feel like crap because I, I just missed one for. I want to be mad. Yeah, I missed yeah. one for ten to fifteen. Well, I mean, yeah. a lot of money, more money than I have ever missed for. And I was like, or, we could go eat a steak at Logan's and hang. I call some of my friends that, that don't even rope, and we yeah. can go all hang out and have a good time because we're hungry. Yeah. And and 
literally went to dinner, didn't talk about roping. Like I exactly. thought about it. Like I looked at the run. I'm like, okay, I, I know, I know what happened. I, yeah. I, I shouldn't have done that. You can live with it. Well, yeah. Or I, I you can I don't, try. Yeah, I don't have to live with it while I'm eating dinner. I yes. No, other people don't need to live with it. That's. Right. I guess that's what what it is. Other people don't need to live with me. Yeah. Failing myself, and I think the more times I can do that, like. It, we become a stronger person and a better yeah. person. And, and I think it's like, I look at it like this. My dad, he's the best at it, but he's, you just act like a winner. Yeah. Even though I didn't win, I just act like one. Yeah. And then pretty soon, you know, you see that. And, and I think what happens is like, well, it's like you, man. I, I, I Going back to the times I remember first watching you rope, I've always liked, always liked you, but I've always wanted to see you win. Right. And... Like I said, that run at Cheyenne, I was, I can't believe that I would get upset of how right. someone acted because right. I liked you so much and I didn't even know you. And yeah. I'm like, but I, I keep thinking you act like a winner. You, you know, all you have yeah. fun, you enjoy what you're doing. You're, you're where you're supposed to be. Right. And so then it doesn't matter if you rope a leg on the fourth one at, at yeah. the BFI a few times because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And those those times make you we don't want hard times in our lives but right. they make us they make us appreciate the good times yeah, for sure yeah and, and they make you better too because it's yeah. like well i i've thought about healing a lot more now since i've yeah since i got that one it's like way more if i than if i'd have caught it oh yeah but uh you know what i mean so i think like, it makes you work harder and i think that's good yeah i, I think every now and then honestly i think that's why like a guy will rope good for a while and then one day you'll just be bad yeah and then you then it it gives you some perspective hey i haven't been trying hard enough i gotta try hard these guys already wrote better than i do i got guys that are four or five years younger than me that are just animals like hunter cook heals two feet every time and faster than me and he has like five horses i have two yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I can't stop working at it because I'm not even to where I want to be yet. And these guys are just lapping me over here. You know, like, you can't hit the brakes any time. Like, you got to stay stay after it. Like, well, and I think that's where, as a team roper, it's the hardest line to ride of yeah. riding the wins and losses, yeah. trying to stay even, trying to be healthy about how you work at your roping yeah. when it's bad or when it's good. Because the other thing is, not many people know this, but when you win, it's real easy to sleep in the next day. Oh, yeah. It's real easy to not run. Oh, man, yeah. I'm roping fine. I just won good. Yeah. You know. I got money. Yeah, I yeah. got money. I got money in the bank. I won something. Those guys don't last real long. No. They The guys that can hit, like, and they seem to be the ones with more talent. And yeah. they get their big wins easier. But then when they start losing, they can't handle it. Yeah. And I think that's what you got to understand is like winning's great but don't let winning be more than what it really is yeah and it, it's still a job yeah. and, and like you got guys like hunter Peyton bray i mean even levi we're cl- we're probably the same age but like man all these guys are getting so good and like like I, I feel like hunter and i both you know we both made the finals the first time together and and uh like i see him getting better and he healed amazing then. And he gets better every day, it looks like. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if he's getting better, I better be getting better too. And I know he's over there roping. 
Like he's doing something right now, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just kind of makes you, that's what helps me stay motivated. I think more than anything, like I feel like I need to, I need to stay, I can't get complacent and, and not worry about it. Like if I do that, then I'm not doing myself justice. I'm not doing my job, you know. What happens when you burn out? Do you burn out ever? Yeah. What do you do yeah. then? Well, honestly, the, the first year that I made the finals in 19, I uh, I didn't want to rope. Yeah. I was done. I had to do so much stupid stuff the last week. We went from like Pasadena on Tuesday, Kansas City on Wednesday, Stephenville Thursday morning. Just killing Mona yourself. Mona Thursday night. Mona, Utah. No, 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 no. Mona Friday night. We flew out of DFW, flew to Mona, Utah. Yeah. And went there, and then we went to Poway and San Bernardino, and then I went to Apache, Oklahoma on Sunday. Yeah. I didn't want to run this. I didn't want to look at a steer. Like, and now I it's think time I to get caught, ready for the finals. Yeah, right I think that. I caught... The last steer I caught clean was at uh, Pasadena. And luckily that was enough. We went to like six rodeos after that and we didn't make a clean run. But I was like, you know, I don't want to rope right now. And I went, and I hadn't got to go to my mom and dad's in Arkansas in a while. I got a bunch of good buddies up there. And uh, I went up there and we just hung out. Yeah. Cooked dinner. You know, we all hung out at my buddy's house and they were all roping. I don't even know if I ran a steer. I was riding a colt around, jacking around probably trying to get bucked off but i I mean at some point it was like you know i know i need to work at it but i want to take a day off like i don't want to do it (laughs) you know and and i think like that was the first time in my life that i ever realized that it was done i was in i'm done i made it i can take a break for one day for this year i can stop like and, and and i don't like doing that but it was at the point where I was so tired. My horses were tired. <laughs> Everybody was worn out. Yeah. You know, I just, I wanted to just take a break for a day and not, like, usually, like, just I, one I don't day. Even, I mean, we, we I mean, was up there for a few days and just kind of no, no visited, roping, but no roping for like yeah, working at it for a couple and of I'll, days. And I'll, even when I'm home, like, I won't rope. Some days I won't get to rope. I don't have nobody to head for me, but. I mean, I, I try to at least, like, get on a horse and ride and do something and rope the dummy. And yeah, if I'm not doing that, I'm watching videos on my phone. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we're, it's hard to not, for me to not think about team roping. I love to deer hunt and stuff, and I, I've got to, I'll go over there to TG's and go hunting on his place. And it's hard for me not to sit up there and watch team roping videos. So I just shut my phone off. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's healthy for me to get away from it for at least an hour every now and then. Like, cause that's really all I think about wow. during the day. Yeah. It, and knowing yourself too, because well, like me, there's times where it's just nice to get to the arena on like a cult, like you're saying. Yeah. Because there's no, I there's no work. pressure. No expectations yeah. of how this practice session should go. Like if this just, horse doesn't buck, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, I'm just trying to make a you know that, that's ride. a big win that day. Yeah. No man, I I love it. I think I think that's a it's crazy to think how hard uh, or just how much you put into it and yeah. just constantly. <laughs> but I mean, I, that's that's what it's about, you know. Yeah. Is you can work at it without actually getting out there and being in the arena. I think like. 
it's different for everybody, but like I, I like to rope a lot, but at the same time, like I, I don't get to rope all day, every day. Yeah. I don't have enough horses to ride and I don't have, you know, somebody standing around waiting to turn me steers, you know? So yeah, well you can, it's just, so what do you think about this? Cause it's, I, I notice this happening to me a lot is if I can picture things really mm-hmm. clearly in the run, right? Like I'm going to make it like this. Then I, when I go to the practice sessions, it usually feels like that happens. Like if yeah. that's, I like I'm talking one horse in specific, the type of run like right. for jackpot or whatever that I want to make. And I can really clearly visualize all of the things from how I get into the box to yeah. how my swing feels and everything. And I, I might do that while I'm out cleaning stalls, you know, oh, yeah. thinking about that. And I, I think I could get a lot out of those things. And then I also, it goes the other way. If I can't picture me making that run, then I'm like, okay, we need to get to the practice pen right away. And you need to do that. Because right. if you start, if you miss that steer when you're vi- like just visualizing it or it's like going right. wrong. Right, Oh, I'm hey, like, I've missed a lot of them before oh, I rode in the box. I promise. No one's missed more than me in their and, mind. And it's... That's crazy, but that's, I don't know if I have a photographic, photographic memory or not, but a lot of times I'll, I'll try to picture myself roping the dummy. Like maybe that's why I like to rope the dummy so much. I don't know, but I'll picture myself like swinging, tipping the back of the dummy with my rope yeah, and then setting a loop in there and it going on perfect because if I picture myself rubbing a steer, I might lose the leg. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I want this thing going to be standing still if I'm going to heal it. Yeah. So, and a lot of times, like, in a high-pressure situation, like, I know a couple years ago, Ellensburg short round, I was kind of nervous. Like, I don't really get that nervous. I feel like we've run enough steers that it's just roping the steer. But, I mean, I, I needed to catch right there. And I had just missed the night before at Walla Walla. Like, I don't even know if I got it in front of the feet. It set, like, two foot to the right of him. So I was pretty, like, I was a little on edge. So I remember riding around the track and just thinking about roping the Smarty. Like, okay, of how easy it is to catch the sled. Like, this is all I'm doing right here. I just have to put it around these feet. And then I think, like, that helps me a lot. Just trying to almost, like, even just think about roping the dummy on the ground. Like, I'm just putting the loop where I want it to go. And that's it. Yeah. And and I try to make it simple. And that's the that's the way that I have to do it to for me to make it simple for myself and not have to. Because you, you can make it as hard as you want. Yeah, you can just get so much out of your mind. Oh, yeah. And if it's going in a like a positive <laughs> yeah it better be going in the right spot building way as opposed to like destructive like yeah. trying to if you I mean I, I feel like if we think on things mm-hmm. enough it increases the odds of yeah. that happening if you keep thinking about missing you're gonna miss yeah or you're choking or missing yeah. the fourth one if you focus on hey I I catch like I know how yeah. to catch the steer I know yeah. like this is what I'm doing I you're focusing on that process of roping steers yeah it just increases your ability to focus and, oh, yeah. and then how it flows together. Right. Well, Worley, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I, I, I know when I was asking you about it, I was like, oh, man, it's it's not too long. It'll be an hour, hour and a half. Well, we're, we're rocking a little, almost two and a half hours. So. Holy cow. Yeah. Thanks again, man. I you appreciate bet, it. You bet,